What'd you well, say about sobriety? Or like, I'll, I'll give up my 16 years for like, for just peace yeah. and like happiness and just like to not have the anxiety that I've had recently. Um, Are we recording yet? Yeah. So, so first let me just say, uh, I'm sorry to anybody who listens to the podcast regularly. We kind of just recently took a little bit of a break. Things have been just like really TP hard. Woodworking. Whoop, whoop. <laughs> Yeah, that's one of the guys that... He's the OG, man. Yeah. Where's I he, love that guy. Where's he's he in from? the Netherlands, I think. He's yeah. far, far away. Um, yeah, it's pretty cool. Like You can see like who listens to the podcast like and where they're at. Mm. And there are different listeners like all over the world. So it's pretty cool. That's wild stallion. So Netherlands, somebody? Yeah. It, literally every single country. Which is so weird to me, honestly. I didn't know that. Because in the beginning, when we were like, or, you know, the, the TikTok shit was like popping for a minute before yeah. it got oversaturated. Right. So it was really a lot of different people got a chance to hear it. Um, so yeah, Sick. we took a little bit. This is our first podcast back in like, I don't know, maybe a month or two. And we have a really awesome guest, my friend Aaron. What's up, everybody? He's got seven years sober, and uh, he's a really dope producer who's worked with artists like Dre and Jack Harlow and Drake and Kanye and um, Black Eyed Peas, and um, I've worked with his brother, too, and I grew up with him, so I, we've known each other for 20... Shout out to Ology, my brother, yeah. Oliver. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> That'd be so dope yeah. to have him on one day, too, He'd because this isn't a sober podcast. Right. It's really not. You know, A lot of the people that we have on are sober, but like, it's a, it's a learning to lose podcast you know, where we get vulnerable and yeah. stuff. Yeah. So Aaron reached out to me and asked me to speak at uh, one of his meetings, and then uh, I, I shared about... Um, where I was at, um, which wasn't like I, I haven't been at the, in the best place, and then Aaron reached out to me a week or two after that and was like, "I'm not in the best place either, bro." Yeah, yeah. Randomly, yeah. Just I asked you to lead a meeting, and I'm just like, I have these numbers in my phone. Like, who do I know in here that I haven't talked to? You know. Mm called him at like 10:30 in the night and just was feeling squirrely and and Pat was kind of in the same position how he was feeling and we're just like let's link up you know so so you were just like hurting yeah and um, and you're like I need to call someone yeah the void was kicking in so who's your sponsor i mean do you have a sponsor yeah, my sponsor is Jeremy and, and you, why didn't you call him well you did i'm sure well, he's kind of like at that time of night like he's he's in his mid forties. He's got a kid. He's, right. He's sleeping. Yeah. I don't want to bother him with that stuff. And, and you don't have like other people. Yeah, and I have other people, but I'm like, it's time to switch it up. You know. Yeah. I realize like the group of alcoholics in the world is big, and why yeah. choose to keep a small circle yeah. when I can like expand that and explore just how big AA is and like just get different perspectives you know and this has been the best thing i've done 
in the yeah. back, you know. You can move that yeah. closer and just, yeah. you know, you want to be like a couple, direct. Yeah. couple inches, no more than a fist away is what Joe Righteous. says. That's what Joe says. Same, same <laughs> yeah. rules. Dude, like, and you know what's crazy is my, like, I know so, you know so many people, I know so many people is that just by reaching out just to me, it's look at how much... Yeah bigger your your network has gotten yeah yeah and 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 that same thing goes for me like i got a sponsee yeah because of you through me which is like a blessing and a curse i know dude he is like he's just like he like called me three times before i'm like bro just come over yeah like you don't need to keep like I'll be there. Right. Like, all right, I'm leaving. It's like, just text me on your way. He's like, all right, I'm leaving in 10 minutes. I'm like, bro. Like, <laughs> right. But it's right. good. It's a good lesson in like patience and like tolerance, you know? Well, that's what, you know, you were saying, you, you were like, I'm depressed. And I'm like, well, do you have a sponsee? You know, do you right. have someone you're working with? Right. I'm like he's right here. This dude's looking for one. He, he was feeling what you were saying at the meeting. He, he heard you speak at. And, um, he kept on kind of bothering me. He's like, what's up with Pat? You know? And he had another sponsor. And well, he, were you good, Jake? Yeah. And he had, uh, so he, I, I don't even like the term fired your sponsor, you know, but like he kind of let his sponsor go uh-huh. just shortly before that. Right. With kind of the idea, like he was going to ask you anyways, you know? So like, Dope. that was a part of my plan too. Like I secretly. Love it. I to love link it. that up. But I didn't know I was going to be coming over here and being on a podcast like a couple weeks later, you know, yeah. and uh, meet all your awesome, all all the people here. Just, you know, I just have a soft spot for alcoholics and especially, you know, alcoholics, addicts and in a sober living because I went to one, a few myself, you know, and I know that I know what they're going through, you know. Yeah, we're, we're, we're at Graceland in the basement. Yeah. And Aaron's been here past three days in a row. He spoke at our meeting on Wednesday. Yeah. And then he came to our house meeting last night where one of our residents got honest about drinking. Yeah. Wait, you were, were you at the one, but the day before, yeah. so yeah. you saw the whole thing transpire Yeah. yeah. where you called him out and he, uh, denied it like a politician, you know, just deny, deny. Yeah. And he was very convincing too. I like to say, I got a good, you know, BS detector. Can I cuss on here? No. Oh, yeah, yeah. Bullshit detector. <laughs> and uh, he, 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 uh, he had the ultimate poker face, man. Like that can, if he utilizes what he did on, on Wednesday night in the future, in his career, whatever, like a lawyer or whatever, uh-huh. he's going to kill it. Right. But uh, you guys kind of broke him down the next day and he, uh, in, a, in a really awesome, not like forceful way, but just more out of like compassion and out of love you know and he eventually just caved in and said yeah but was it the house too or was it staff mostly all of it it was the house too it was the house but the staff were just you know sitting right in front of him direct well his um i mean look i think we can kind of get into that because he actually wants to come down and talk about it but but can before we jump into that can i just ask aaron a couple questions yeah like so, you've been sober a while, right? Yep. And uh, what? I'm just curious about this because I've been through it. Pat's going through it. Like when you're not doing so good, what does that mean? When I'm not doing so good, that's what you. That's what he he said. You yeah. said when yeah. you guys kind of reunited or got saw each other recently. I, I I like that question because um usually 
in the program sense of things, in AA, there's certain things that we're supposed to kind of do on a daily basis to maintain what's called emotional sobriety, as mm-hmm. you know. And um, that's what was vexing me because I was doing all those things, right? Mm-hmm. For the most part that I know of, like get up, pray, meditate, call an alcoholic, carry the message, be a sponsor, go to meetings, have commitments, all those things. You were, you're Stu- doing all the, I was stuff? doing all that. And I'm definitely not, wasn't dry in that sense of the matter. So I was kind of confused. Yeah. And someone kind of um, brought to my attention that like I had the seven year itch or whatever that was called. And in his experience, he was saying it was kind of like just kind of doing the same thing over and over mm-hmm. can kind of create this almost this feeling like, is this it? You know? Mm-hmm. And I, I wasn't is that all there is that monotony, that mundane, every day seeing the same people reading the same sections and yeah you know so then i switched it up and that's why i called pat because i'm like i need to go to different meetings and because i knew i wasn't half-assing my program right but i also knew and then i also looked into it deeper and i'm like i think i might just have some psychological stuff going on you know mm-hmm. and so i got a psychiatrist mm-hmm. and now i'm looking to get a therapist because those are other things that i'm Did not you get up some meds yes lexapro they put me on and I've been on it for like a couple months. Do you notice anything? Well, the fact that I'm just here right now and I'm not just like, because, you know, I can isolate yeah. and be home and just chill. Cause I w- but that could also be the willingness to yeah. change, too. It's hard yeah. to know, right? It's a combination. Yeah. I, I actually, I, I mean, I don't know Aaron like super well, but I feel like I kind of do. And you're kind of, you're, you're a lot like Steve. My, my partner in Hypercrush, where like he's not really, you're not really gonna catch him like out a lot mm. with like new people in like new environments. And I, I feel like you've always been like a guy, like a unicorn. Yep. Like Alice, I have a few friends like this, and they're usually like the more interesting friends that I have, you know? And they, maybe there's anxiety going on or whatever the case is. So I think the fact that you have been coming out more and, and that you are open and you can move that closer to you. Cause I have this one. And what's like a unicorn, like in the sense that you're talking about, like, I know what you mean, but maybe for your listeners, like, cause I'm not like a fairy, like, you know? <laughs> <laughs> like, I don't know. We, we always called Allison the, a unicorn cause you never see her. Right. But when you do hang out with her, it's like really awesome. Right. You know what I mean? And yeah. the same goes for Steve and like you mm-hmm. and like, you know, uh, just a rare sighting sort of thing. Yeah. Like so, a- so like the fact that he's out and coming around the house and like meeting all these new alcoholics and like speaking and that, that speaks volumes to me. And I don't think, I, I think that, yeah, it is a combination of like, you can move that yeah yeah closer but uh you know i like my comfort zone you know i'm 39 years old now i don't like i have a real small tight-knit group of people that and i don't even like go out anymore and like chill like yeah like i used to i'm like either in a studio or in an aa meeting or at home yeah that's it there's no like live shows or so like that's a part of it too is um while it's not like an AA thing where they say go to live shows and like you know my sponsor would be like you need to just do stuff you need to kind of just put yourself yeah out there. part of it is you get older yeah and like you, you're a different person and yeah. life's different too yeah but yeah. Pat I see 
you know, I was following Pat on Instagram, you know, for a while this whole time and not really reaching out to him, but just kind of peeping what he's doing. Mm. And um, it's, it's, it's kind of amazing to me, not just the, not just like his house here at Graceland, but just at his actual house, you know, how he just has kind of an open door thing with certain people. And there's like always people around and he's just willing to film the vulnerable moments. And like, that was attractive to me too, of just like, a guy that's been sober for so long that's my same age that I grew up with that is like him himself puts himself out there and puts him in that uncomfortable place where it's like now he's out there in 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 the uh world of Instagram and like I'm just like maybe I can you know not do that myself necessarily but just be around that a little more just to kind of kind of you know it's like it's my calling in um in AA to like be around as much people as I can be to kind of spread the message too, in a way, like not mm-hmm. hold myself hostage in that primary way. purpose is to carry the message. right? Yeah. And he, he just kind of figured out a really cool platform and doing it in a way that, well, I saw some people aren't maybe will hate on him for it. I'm a big supporter of it, you know, and I love it. That's another thing. Times have changed. Computers changed everything. Internet has changed everything. But I always try to get in that, like, your personal journey because I'm always, uh, you know, like, we stayed sober. That's a fucking miracle right there. Mm. And we've progressed, and we've had times of peace, Mm. and then I've had tragic times, too, and Mm. not much changes except something in my head. Mm. I mean... I. The circumstances and that I'm going through are pretty they're pretty heavy, but I found that you can have like peace and joy even in the heaviest of circumstances in sobriety in AA. but what the fuck is going on up here mm. where it's just being denied mm. uh, like uh, and maybe it's mental illness you know mm-hmm. mental uh, it's just my big curiosity how people deal with it and recently i've been like embracing suffering i'm so tired of trying to run and not suffer that i'm just like okay this is life life is suffering and this is part of it there's no joy without suffering Mm. pleasure without pain there's no pleasure without pain and no peace without calamity no peace without yeah it's yang right it's the and maybe the trouble is trying not to feel it. Trying not to feel pain is accentuating and prolonging pain, or maybe making it a never-ending thing. Well, how do we how do we not resist it while it's happening and like embrace it? Thanks God for this suffering. Yeah. Thanks for this disability. Thank you for splitting my family up. I don't know. Just taking a different take on it. Like fuck it. Yeah, thank you for my problems. You know. Yeah. Or or just like yeah, just like accepting it, embracing whatever you're going through. Cuz I I feel the same way like I'll and I mean that like really helped me like the way he's looking at it. You know, like he's I I think that that can help me. Like rather than rather than being like, "Oh fuck, I'm I'm sad or I'm bummed out or whatever just be like or or like rather than like almost beating myself up for feeling that way 
Right. Just like this is just where I'm at right now. For the listeners, when Billy was talking about what's going on in here, he was pointing at his head, you know? Yeah. And that's like, that's the me, myself kind of dilemma that I have is what's going on in between my two ears. And of course, what's beautiful about what I've learned in AA is about getting out of here, getting out of between my two ears, you know? Yeah. Because most of the time it's telling me lies, you know? Like my first thought is usually crazy, you know? Right. That's what we learn. It isn't even reality, whatever we're thinking. JD, will you throw the phone, put another phone here? Yeah. And I've been, I've been sober for seven years, and like, there's certain things I've learned in AA like, right that kind of sound crazy to a self-centered person, like our only hope is constant thought of others kind of stuff. And I'm like, mm. oh, so I have to constantly think of others. And now mm. it's starting to make sense. Yeah. Because there's 24 hours yeah. in a day, and uh, there's a lot of time where it's just me in that day. You know, <laughs> but in that time, oh. am I thinking of others? Like when I'm alone, when I come home at night? Yeah. And the other crazy thing about it is like, it doesn't work right away. Oh, what up? You can't hear me? Yeah, the headphones cut out. Oh, yeah, yeah, mine did too, I think. Might have just been a... It's just this fucking janky... Just the wiring thing. Yeah. Um, as long as you guys can hear us, listeners. Yeah. In, in the Netherlands. That, 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 so this should be like now? a fist away? It's just a wire thing. Yeah, and you can move it around and adjust it connection. so you're comfortable. I don't even know what I'm going to talk about. Oh, well, yeah, we, you'll just well, chime in in a J- minute. J- Jake's here. Say hi, Jake. What's going on, guys? Hey. What's up, Jake? Um, yeah, Jake was the... He was upstairs. Um, and he just came down. Yeah, we, 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 we briefly touched on what happened, but we kind of moved on because we wanted to, like, you know not be talking about you when you weren't here right i appreciate that (laughs) (laughs) i mean yeah we didn't even use your name i mean Mm. i hope you're okay with using your name yeah that's all good man i mean honestly like when you really think about it like we all drank we all use drugs like it's not anything to be ashamed of Mm -mm. like so like jake drank like that's what Jake does. Mm-hmm. That's what I do. That it's like a miracle that I didn't drink just today. <laughs> yeah. I have 16 years of just today's. Right. And that's kind of the thing we were trying to drive home when like I thought it was a miracle. Like when you finally got honest about it, I was like yeah. so you saw me get all excited and you were like not. Yeah, I was I got real emotional. You were like why are you so excited? This is fucked up. Yeah. But I mean, it's not as fucked up as like holding on to that lie. Yeah, <clears throat> I was thinking like I, I probably would have been okay with it, but like I was talking to yeah. him earlier, and he said, you know, you never know until you do it. So probably wouldn't have been okay. Oh, you, you mean, mean like keeping the secret? Yeah, mean? keeping the secret. Yeah, it'll get you, bro. Yeah. You'll be drinking again at some point. It yeah. was eating me up, just even like with the group coming up or the meeting coming up dude i saw you when i came up there i kept like kind of looking at you well even yesterday i was looking at you like watching you Mm. and now that i know like looking back on like how you were you must have just been tripping i was tripping hard the whole time i was nervous like like how someone would be if they were in you know the waiting room at the with the, when, when the detectives are about to come in and they know they just robbed the liquor store and they don't, but they don't know if they have them on videotape or not. And they're trying to like, like, I mean, I, we've all been in that situation where we're like, don't fucking say shit no matter what. Yeah. Get me my lawyer. Mm-hmm. 
but That's what like, I felt like, but this is just so different. This is like, you know, you you you, you do the opposite thing to save your life here. Mm-hmm. And the consequences aren't like jail time. And that's something I never had before was like all the comfort you guys gave me afterwards. Mm. Even though there's consequences, but <clears throat> that kind of lightened the mood a whole lot. Like, like I what, felt love. What, what, like what did they? They didn't shame me for it. Yeah. You know, I felt real shameful. And they're like, yeah, dude, it's like, it's all good. You know, like we love you. Like it's great that you got honest. And I was like, I feel like, I feel like crap. You know what huh. I mean? Yeah, that is cool. Yeah, congratulating I, the honesty, you know, yeah, as opposed to like shooting, shooting the wounded right after yeah. he gets honest. <laughs> right. Which is kind of crazy because like where I come from, like that's kind of how they would roll a little bit. Right. Like, and I always felt like, damn, that's hardcore. Mm. You know what I mean? Um, I don't know. I just, that's different. People are different. I don't really just, I just don't have that in me. And for me, I was just so excited because like I've always thought that Jake could be a strong member of this community mm. and like a leader and help a lot of people. And that was even before I saw like how much enthusiasm you have with like the TikTok shit. Mm. That was before that. Yeah. I already was like, okay, he's got, you know, there's certain people that have that like alpha thing and that are just sort of like born leaders. And they're not even like, like people are going to follow guys like Jake, Zach, Jose, John. Um, I don't even want to say Johnny because he's just not that. Johnny's like an entertainer. Johnny's like the jester. Right. He's like not the leader. It's more like look at look at and, him. And if you go back to like I'm watching this show called Vikings. Yeah. And you go so back good. and like you see like. Floki's not the guy who's supposed to be in charge. Like he's building the dope ships. Yeah. Ragnar's the king. You know yeah. what I'm saying? Like there's different roles that different people have, and yeah. I like see all that with everyone in the house. And I and and like you know someone like Marcy's like she's important because she's kind of like the empathetic mother figure. You know, yeah. everyone here, and that's why I think that having the co-ed house is dope because like I think having that female energy is like important. You know. Mm. But I kind of got off track. A but no, bit. I mean, but, like, but the, the point I'm making is I was so excited yeah. that he took the right step and I'm like, all right, cool. Now he's like on the right track to be that person I knew he could have been. The best news I heard about that whole situation is Jake saying, I didn't even like it. I didn't even enjoy the drink. And that you know, that's like the best thing that could happen Yeah, when you like the learning to lose whole brand thing is like. You know, that's a situation where you, you lost and you learned, you know. It's I'm like wondering. losing is learning in that regard. I always love hearing yeah. that too. Sorry. I didn't mean to interrupt. No, no. I'm wondering though, would he ever would he have been able to deny it? You guys would have been on him for all night until he broke. I mean, you could have denied it all the way through, but man, that would be hard. Well, to be honest, they, they really got me in a corner with it. They got information and they cornered It was uh, like, call your boss. The whole situation was like me hoping that the confidentiality that like between like firing someone, well, they can't say why they fired you. That's what I was mm-hmm. like. They got you on that one. Yeah, they got me. They knew no, it. No, no, but they, that's the, the crazy thing is, is they, they, <clears throat> they, they wouldn't have been able to say anything, right? Mm. But just the fact that you don't, 
wouldn't have been down to even call yeah. them is like I, I I genuinely put myself in his shoes. I'm like, okay, cool. I didn't drink. I'm defending the the, the truth. Right. Yeah, yeah. Right. I'll call whoever I need to call. Like, right. whatever, whatever. You know what I'm saying? And then yeah. and I think that was kind of the biggest thing was like body language. He started getting mad, hmm. um, which I'm trying to imagine. Like. Everyone's different, yeah. but if I was in that situation and I was accused of drinking on the job and I didn't drink on the job, mm. I would have like sat up and been like, no, 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 dude, you don't understand. Like, this is why I know, I know it feels like it was that, but it wasn't. I was just really tired and like this girl's like off, like she's just saying this shit. I just would have like said all the things that, that mm. were true. I wouldn't have been like standoffish and... But I'm I'm a tricky one. I'm like the hardest person to group in the world, or at least that's what like the guys at Liberty House were saying when they grouped me and put yeah. me on non-com. They're like, "You're," because I was like justifying all the shit I was doing on social media, mm-hmm. and I was explaining that I was just being honest because I genuinely believe that everything I've done was like above board. That guy Chris on Zoom. Um, he was saying, if it was me, I'd be doing everything I can to prove that right. I didn't do it. So like the calling the boss thing is like something I would do just to prove, to prove my case. Yeah. Exactly. So to deny that and say, no, I don't, I'm not going to do that. It kind of is a form of so showing guilt. Maybe you could just run it by at me real quick and the listeners, like what exactly did you drink one night or something? Or you have been drinking? Yeah, I mean, or? do you want me to like run through the whole story? I mean, quickly. Sure. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I like was a long story short. Yeah. I was at work, Uber eats alcohol, drank on the job. Apparently, I fell asleep. I broke a desk. Yeah, but hold up. Wait, wait. I, I honestly wait, think it's important. I don't know. I'm just curious. I it, For me, it was interesting to know what you what you ordered. Oh, I ordered two pints of New Amsterdam. Then that wasn't enough, so I ordered two more. That So for me, that really like paints a picture mm-hmm. of like... It's never enough. So that first drink, and then I'm breaking desks and like black yeah. and like falling asleep, and it's I still don't feel good. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so so you're like, I got a drink. Why? Because I, I just feel like shit, or I just yeah, it was a phenomena of craving, or definitely a phenomena of craving. I was tired and I felt sick actually. Like I thought, like I had a sore throat. Did you think it out? Like I'm in Graceland. I've been here a while. I've been sober. Or all that. Or you just those yeah. mental blind spots it, where you have no. It definitely took me like two hours of thinking about it. I was like, uh, so nah, you I'm were... not going to do it. Like I was like in thought process, mm-hmm. of it, but I wasn't in con- like contact with God or praying. I was just talking to myself, like like everyone was saying yesterday. Right. Also, you know, God can reveal Himself through others, mm-hmm. which is why we call people sponsors i mean i feel like all you really needed to do was call your boy john yeah probably like did you call anyone for did anyone in the house know no i didn't call anyone until i was like a bottle in and i called madison called you oh really yeah but you have this weird thing on your phone yeah i i get a lot of spam so i i well so you called me i did for to, to to say what just be like yo what's up thanks for helping me Mm. All this shit, like, so That's you felt thing. like good, but you weren't gonna like say. I felt drink. good for a solid ten minutes, right? But you weren't gonna say like I just drank. Oh hell no! <laughs> you were just, <laughs> you just, you just got the social lubricant yeah, in you yeah. to be able to like say how you really felt. Yeah. 
that couple cool. hours though that preceded the relapse that that mm-hmm. kind of debate in your head yeah. is is interesting to me you it know? sucked i'm not gonna lie because yeah. I, I mean i've been there personally yeah. where i'm trying to use my mind which is the problem first of all to fix the problem you know <laughs> and it's like the obsession part is always going to win out yeah in that. You, you talked about not having any connection to like your spirituality or a power greater than yourself in that moment. And like, yeah, I'm not going to lie. The one thing that got it was I might have COVID. This is, this will probably help. That's right. Okay. That's all it took yep. for me. To That's what they off. say. Like yeah. a few drinks will take away COVID for yeah. sure. You know? <laughs> <laughs> it's just all it took was that, like that stupid thought, bro. That's crazy. That was like the justification. Yeah. It was like the COVID was like the way out. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. Which, which dude, you know what? They probably, I just thought of something probably in the house. They don't have this, but we're trained to call people like, yeah. oh shit i'm having weird thoughts oh shit i might drink oh shit i just whatever yeah. like we're all in aa mm-hmm. but maybe in the house they don't have their phones as much and mm-hmm. they don't have that going well on. i don't know let's ask yeah i mean i had my phone right and, yeah. and i had all the numbers all the connections i mean dude to- if anything bro we're encouraging them to call other senior members and their sponsors and other people from the program more so than they would be if they weren't in the house. Oh. Okay, so get- you just decided I'm going to fucking drink. Let's give this a try. And you did it. That's what it was. And like, it felt like shit because I didn't enjoy it at all. Really? I just want to like. What about the first couple switches? Yeah, but hold it tasted up. like shit. But you know really? what's crazy? The same thing happened with Johnny. The same thing happened with Ashley. I asked Ashley. She didn't enjoy it either. The mm-hmm. same thing happened with Hayden. They don't like it. Mm-hmm. And even Blue. Blue went and walked to the store and, and hit the vape or whatever and drank some little bullshit. And he came right back and he was just like, I don't like how this feels. Well, I was telling Jake outside the meeting, like, I wouldn't have been at that meeting if it still worked, you know? If, like, yeah. if I enjoyed drinking and it was cool, yeah. I wouldn't be here right now talking to you guys. But the thing about like the thing that's special about a house like this is that you know a head full of Graceland mm. and a stomach full of alcohol mm-hmm. it's just it's just mm-hmm. it's not going to work. Yeah. You got to go you got to leave here and do some serious reprogramming mm-hmm. to maybe enjoy drinking and using again mm-hmm. one day which it would be like you know reprogramming in like the wrong mm-hmm. direction if that makes sense yeah you know? well, and that's why eight the eight months that you have been here mm-hmm. it means something mm-hmm. like the, the the relapse is one thing but like you can't take away like that's all that all those eight months and everything you've learned and how much you've grown like that's that didn't go anywhere you know yeah if anything, like the way you handled yourself in that meeting last night was like proof of that. Mm. I feel like I could have handled it better just by getting honest at the first. Bro, you but, this fool got, well, yeah, in the first one for yeah. sure. But the second one, yeah, 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 you could have. But like it happened exactly the way it was supposed to happen. And like you didn't really raise up and like what i was saying last night was like you didn't really like dig your heels in because as soon as you dig your heels in and you get loud and like Mm -hmm. you start like really talking shit it's almost like you make it that much harder to get honest Mm. and of course it like there's the pre-lapse before the relapse so before sunday when you drank did you have like any kind of 
Was there any thoughts going on the days previously to that going on? Yeah, I got a lot of stuff going on with my family. Right. Just stuff like that. No so way. was there any obs- obsession kind of thoughts of like, you know, before Sunday where you're like, I might might try drinking again? To be one- honest, yeah. no. Yeah. It was like, all right, I'm going to go work this 12-hour overtime shift and then mm. come home and like have a good time Sunday. Mm. And then right at work, it was like, boom, I feel like shit, like, let's order some alcohol. And then I had the order on my phone for like two hours, just mm. like staring at it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Were you yeah, open with uh, your family, like about your family stuff with anybody in the house or like yeah. very yeah. honest about it? Yeah. About what was going on? Yeah. Yeah, man. It's just, you know, people don't really know what to say. It's like yeah. nothing, nothing people can say can even really like right. change it. It's just, it's like, uh, <clears throat> It's just something that I'm going to have to deal with. How are you with like, um, just like praying and stuff? Do you, do you utilize that? With my new sponsor, I'm getting better at it. Good. I realized one time he, he sent me this prayer and I went to work and I said the prayer before work and like I had a great day Hmm. and the day went by faster and I was like, damn, like this shit kind of works. Well, cause it it says, you know, to, to us, like probably no human power could relieve our alcoholism, you know? And so I realized that as much as I might try to use the human power, if I don't tap into that other thing, um, my chances are are slim, you know, in those kind of settings. So even, uh, I've had a, I don't even know if I believe in God, but I still pray to that God regardless. Cause I know that prayer works, (laughs) you know? Um, yeah. Yeah. When I first got here, I struggled with that. For sure. Dude, I, 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 I gotta be honest, like I still sometimes struggle with it. But the more I do it, the better I feel. Mm-hmm. So I don't really I'm not interested in having a debate. Yeah. Like with you about God. Like yeah. I'm just gonna do it because it helps me. Right. And, and and another thing I wanted to say was like before the group, like I was just like he's not gonna get honest. Mm. it's just not going to happen. Like, I know this dude and he, he, he's never broke. Like mm. he's never, I just didn't I remember I you just, saying that. I yeah. just couldn't see it happening. So like when he, when you did, I was like, fuck dude, he's grown. He's like, you proved me wrong. Yep. You showed God worked through you. And like the miracle, like that, when that type of shit happens, it's like, it just makes it all worth it for me everything i've been through the whole house all the trials and tribulations in that moment it was like all right like it reminded me of like why i want to do this because i didn't i was just like basically what we were talking about was like all right he's not going to get honest so we're just gonna we don't have like solid proof Mm -hmm. so we're just gonna have to just let it ride and just see what happens and it's just gonna suck Mm. because then we're gonna see because then we either because at that point if you did which we pretty much knew you did like to a 90 i mean me and you were kind of like 80 Woody was like 99. You know what I mean? Like yeah. he just knew. Yeah. And we were like, yeah, but you don't really know. I was 50-50. Okay. I was like 60-40. Yeah. But like what I'm saying is that like the days af- 
after that that meeting, like of him not getting honest, he would have just drifted slowly if he had drank, mm-hmm. and it just would have been like it just wouldn't have been a hundred percent. Well, that's yeah. the thing is like when it comes to honesty, you know, we've all most of us know what honesty is from when we're young. We know about that principle, you know, and uh, I didn't really. I didn't know how important it was as an alcoholic. Like, you know, I didn't, I don't realize like being completely honest is a part of me staying sober in the long term, long run. And uh, anytime I would try to keep something, even if I didn't drink right away, I, it would eventually deteriorate me from the inside out. Like I would get sick, like literally sick physically if I was holding something in over time. And eventually, even if I didn't intend to drink and I had no desire to, I would find myself with a bottle in a hand. Mm. And this is just what happened time and time again until I realized, okay, I got to be rigorously honest. I didn't even know what that word rigorously was until I came to AA, you know? And it says that's like there's those who have grave mental disorders, emotional disorders, but they too can recover if they have the capacity to be honest. Mm -hmm. That's like what the program is saying. Honesty is like the first and most important vital step in the principles that's step one but you can't really get honest without humility yeah and humility is kind of like you know i don't i don't really like my ego and what i want it's not as important like looking good Mm. like all that shit isn't as important as Mm. like saving my life (laughs) and helping someone else now now if i have that like complete defeat surrender humility now i can just get honest about whatever because i don't even really matter like that much like this idea of who i think i am Mm -hmm. doesn't matter right yeah but it's still hard sometimes i mean if you got a touchy subject but it always works out for the best, I believe, even if it's difficult. And in, in, in the short term, you get, you know, crucified or whatever. Dude. In the long term, it's going to work out. Me and this guy, like, we were doing this podcast right when his chick left him. Mm. He was being accused of crazy shit. Like, he mm. walked through, he, he got honest and open and transparent about parts of his life on TikTok and on this podcast that like were like really 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 personal but even before that we were doing that even before all that went down that was kind of the principle of the podcast yeah. and learning to lose and yeah like, and at first you were kind of like i don't know if i want to talk about this oh that shit well no i don't yeah because you were talking about the thoughts you have about like wanting to kill people and just being annoyed at like rich people and oh that shit yeah <laughs> get a little homicidal there for a little bit yeah, <clears throat> yeah you know homicidal suicidal and, yeah you know uh, just prejudice like the, the judgment yeah just the thoughts yeah. that you have when you're that angry yeah, at like of you know privilege because he comes from like a, a really just poor yeah mm-hmm. so he's got like a resentment Abuse. with just like privileged people just in general I get it institutionalized yeah. foster care welfare all the fun stuff <laughs> did, did you ever see him on my store on my social media honestly i didn't follow you or anything oh my mom and girlfriend followed you 
Wow. And they're like, yo, check this guy out. And I was like, I don't even want to look at the page. I don't want any expectations. And I flew out here. What? Mm. That's yeah. so crazy. Yeah, because they're like, look, it looks so cool. I'm like, oh, it doesn't sound cool. Wow. <laughs> we really got to thank your mom then. And you're, so you're, have I met your sister? Yeah, she like spazzed out on and family meeting. Remember? And you were like, why are you going to have your sister get on the family meeting and cuss us out? <laughs> but I don't know if I was on there. You weren't, but you called me. Oh. Yeah, you were mad. Huh. But she's like... So they she's just... She's who's going through it right now. Okay, but hold on. So, so... Well, my my condolences. Um, okay. I, uh... I um so so they were just they, they weren't like following they weren't like followers or like fan they had just sort of seen me they were fans my sister's a big fan of Veronica oh. and then my mom really liked you and Woody and she was like you you guys will probably be best friends like let me send you over there huh and then me and Woody were not friends when I first got here right me and you always kind of hit it off but yeah mm. she followed you okay called Danielle and all that good stuff. Yeah, I thank should. God she sent me here, bro. Cause I didn't know what I was doing. Yeah, you found a good spot, man. Yeah, yeah. I should. Uh, I should. We should. Me and her should should have a chat. Yeah, you know. Yeah, <laughs> it's just funny, you know. Like I'm like I got so much going on, and there's so much on my plate, and there's just so much like. Uh, it's just a lot of um, pressure and stress, and there's just like. I, 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 there's like literally people's lives. I feel like it's like too much yeah. for me. You know, mm-hmm. I, I, I'm not emotionally equipped at times. Mm-hmm. It seems like to handle all of it. Yeah. That's why I really need to lean on staff and, mm-hmm. and honestly people in the house. That's why when, when, when guys like Jake and, and, and John and, and, and Jose and, you know, when they start to become people that can like be trusted, mm-hmm. they like are able to like help the house right run itself and be on point. You and know? you kind of, you kind of signed up for this big plate that you have too, in a way where you know it didn't just happen. Like you kind of put yourself in this position, right? Yeah, I just never realized like the emotional weight, right. That was going to come with it. You're kind of like, I'm going to open. Well, actually, you know what? To be fair, I think I could probably handle it if it didn't come with, like, the social media part. Right. Because that part is, like, this extra part where, like, there's thousands of people who don't fuck with me. Yeah. But there's, like, hundreds and thousands who do. But those thousands have a really loud voice. Mm. And humans inherently hear the negative louder than the positive that thing is just so so bizarre i can't hear you the dedicated (laughs) hater thing is just so bizarre it's like it must be thousands of pounds more than necessary on your shoulders to have that and and active attack attacks and all that shit you know i'm kind of realizing I think I'm 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 starting to finally accept that I think that might be part of why I'm like so depressed mm. lately. Cuz I feel like in the beginning it was just so crazy that I was yeah. like fuck that shit. Like fuck those fools. Fuck the haters, right? Yeah. And I would just like brush it off my shoulder, but like I would wake up in the middle of the night, to, like go to the bathroom, and I would like oh. think about 
them. I would think about, oh, whoa, like, there's, like, actual people that, like, hate and want to, like, ruin. So we should just get another one of these, too. Well, we know, like, in any, I mean, you got Joe Rogan's, you got um, other celebrity, like, everybody's going to get haters. And, like, what you're saying, Billy, is just kind of, like, you're curious, like, why... Why is well, there just this a particular group of person yeah. is like they're devoting so many hours that mm. they could be working full time or doing a noble endeavor, but they're just wasting it on somebody who's not even doing something wrong, right? And they're actively like making phone calls to certain organizations, you know, just right. fucking. Sh- why? But somehow they must. Why think, not devote your time to like curing, helping some disease yeah. or some charitable organization? Or would you think good. that sh- like whoever this person is thinks that okay. what they're doing is a noble cause? Because no, they I have- think this person is a witch hunter, mm. and you know people love to think they're yeah. doing something. Uh, no, it's like yeah, it's like they they they. There are people that legitimately think that they're like Batman, right? And they're like fighting crime. They're masked vigilantes who are like, but I mean, at this point, here we are a year and a half later, we have people that have graduated. They've turned their lives around. They have lives, jobs. Now what? Now are you going to, now what can you say? It, does it even matter, like how that happened? Like that happened. It's just crazy that she hasn't given up already. There's like nothing there. Yeah, it's fine. It's it's crazy. Usually what the case is with people like that is they have, they're like miserable you know themselves mm-hmm. yeah. and um it makes them feel good in a way to and you i know. guess it's an easy target because he's out there he she can easily access shit it's not like a real trap house or something yeah. you got to get they, they're not offering information so yeah. you can't get it yeah so. which ones so the person we're talking about was in communication with my mom Right. And my mom spazzed out on her over text. Oh, really? Yeah. They're like on my phone. And uh, my mom went went ham, bro. You know my mom. Oh, like you're tripping? Yeah. And she was like oh, saying all this crazy shit. Like defending us? No. no. Yeah. My mom was oh, defending but, you guys. But right. She was wiling. Wow. And it's crazy because like now she's got my family involved. And my family's like, yo, I don't want to be a part of this. Okay, cool. And, and like, the FBI is talking to my mom. Like, it's just crazy mm. shit. Whoa. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's wild, dude. Right. Yeah. I mean, but from what I, I've it's seen. It's hard for me to imagine that, like, the FBI yeah. doesn't have better better things to do. Yeah. And that's one thing. I don't really know if it's. Are you true. sure it's them or someone posing as them? That's the thing. I don't know what's true or what's not. Right. It's hard to tell anything these days. I think that this person has reached out to law enforcement agencies and they've like responded to her just because that's what they have to do. And she's like spinning that as if it's like a thing. But like, could you imagine like these agencies have like real crime to address? Mm -hmm. We're like a bunch of people that are trying to be sober in a house. And we don't even require a license. Mm-hmm. So what are we? What are you going to do? Right. But I would like to talk to uh, your mom. Yeah, I'd be sick. Give her a call anytime. Yeah. And I've so, I've seen some messed up sober livings, and yeah, uh, I've, I've I've seen. I hope some, she's okay with us having this podcast. She's yeah. really lit. She's fine. Okay. Cool. <laughs> this well, is sh- shout out. One of shout them is shout out to Jake's mom. Yeah. yeah. And shout out. 
for defending us and shout out for picking this spot for Jake because yeah, I don't know, dude. I don't think guys like Jake have like a whole lot of. I don't think they have uh, as much of a chance anywhere else. I feel like the guys. There's some people that are here, like Shane for sure. That they they don't. I don't think that that. I don't think Shane stays mm-hmm. um, at a pl- at yeah. a different place. I don't know that you make it through all this if it's I mean, not. I've been to rehabs. I've never been to a sober living, but I didn't learn anything there. I was waiting for the 30 day mark to go lie to my family and be like, Oh, I'm straight. Like right. I learned so much. And then I go home and just, this is, this up. is what I want to ask you. What is it about this house that you, I have my own opinion about this and I'll talk about that after you do. But what is it about this specific place that you, that made you want to stay and get through what's, what's pretty, a pretty hard program. Yeah. There's been, multiple times where i wanted to leave but honestly it's the and this is like full honesty i've built relationships here with people that i just can't leave behind like i have so many good friends here and i've learned so much you've got whenever i was going through all that like pride and ego stuff i don't know if you know about that yeah um i can tell now that like i'm not acting that way and you point it out every time yeah you're like oh dude you know five six months ago he'd be wiling out right now cussing at us it's just crazy because, like, my family's proud. I don't know about now, but they're proud of me. Like, they don't have to worry about me. And then, like I said, the relationships here are just, like, all the relationships I had in the past were based on uh, using. Like, oh, let's hang out. Oh, you got alcohol. You got, you know, whatever. And here it's like, oh, let's hang out and, like, go do some, like, corny shit. Like, go watch Friday the 13th and make fun of the movie because it's not that great. So mm-hmm. this, is, this is what I think. There's, a, there's, a, there's another part of it. Alcoholics and addicts are so smart that they can detect mm. bullshit and they can detect like half ass. Like if we weren't as as serious as we are, mm. they would see that and they'd be like, eh, yeah. I'm I'm good. It's mm. almost like they can tell you're all in. Yeah, and it's and they can tell that like it's the real deal and it's like all right, well, at least here I'm going to actually be facing all the shit and like getting through the hard. And it, it, at least it might work at this place. Whereas at another place, you almost feel like, well, I already saw this bullshit and they're not really holding the line over here. And it's like, they're kind of like half assing it over there. And it's like, or they're just doing their job, you know? They yeah, don't yeah. Yeah. It's that like they're professional. Well, not that you're not, but I, I mean, that, that, yeah. that, that's what it was for me. Like when I was at Liberty house, yeah. I saw like how like tight the, the 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 community was, and I saw how like serious they were, and how they held each other accountable, and how like just how like the lengths they were willing to go to to find the truth and to like get to the bottom of a situation, and that was like to me that was like all right, this is crazy. That creates an atmosphere for those kind of relationships that Jake's talking about. The yeah, family dynamic. That too. Because you that, guys yeah. are getting through the hard together. Hey, can I, can I uh, say something off that? Yeah. Is at every other place I've been to, I was. it was like, you know, all the staff there, they weren't alcoholics. They just went to school for mm. it. Which I'm not discrediting them or anything, yeah. but 
I've been able to like easily manipulate them. Yeah. And they're like, oh, he's good. He can go yeah, home. Of course. Here, that it just doesn't happen. Bro. That's another thing. Mm-hmm. Right? It just doesn't happen when you can when you can run your shit mm-hmm. on people. You're like, all right, I, I got the, I got them. Like they and and you know what? Like maybe they even know you're bullshitting, but they don't have the energy to like to to confront it. Yeah, they're still yeah. getting their paycheck or to challenge right. it. Yeah. And, and 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 the alcoholic and the addict who's running games, they 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 feel like they're getting one over on mm. them, and they're like, okay, they're like now they're under me, and 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 I can't learn anything from them because I'm already lying to them and getting away with it. Mm-hmm. So right. as hard as it is to like confront that deep down inside like they know the people in this house know the truth they know that like we're this we're just like them and we see them yeah and we're telling them the truth even though they don't like what we're saying we we're telling them the truth because we've been there and we've seen it and no matter how much someone's gone to school about alcoholism you know nobody's more uniquely qualified than the alcoholic to help the other one because of that that experience of being like i've been there says it right in the literature says it one alcoholic can win the confidence of another in a few hours or something because birds of a feather i guess yeah i never wanted to hear what some outside you know nothing against them like you said jake like you know respect you for learning about this stuff but you know i took i took all the courses too i got them up in the office like i went to the school (laughs) But you I, lived it, though. <laughs> yeah, and honestly, like, when I think back on those courses, like, I didn't really, I, I didn't learn a whole lot. Like, I learned way more working with sponsees and, like, going to meetings and, like, just watching my own yeah. journey. Yeah. Getting through the all the shit that I had to get through. And Right. I mean, I went to music school and, I, you know, for a while, but I learned everything really in the studios, you know? Really? It's a similar I don't know if it's a similar kind of thing, it but is. it's just it's the first hand experience Dude, that really it's the exact same thing. Because yeah. I went to Musicians Institute yeah. also. Yeah. Went to Cal and, Arts myself. And I was like, dude, like y- y- you're showing me things that A, I already know how to do. Yeah. And like you can just learn on your own. Mm. And the shit that you can't teach me is the shit that I'm gonna learn by like fucking around on my own. Yeah. And like when people talk about like where are the professionals, like those are the people that like don't have the experience mm. that we're talking about. Mm-hmm. Like that hands-on experience mm-hmm. is like what makes the best people in the best fields. Mm. You know what? Also, now that we're like everything wonderful about Graceland, one of the things I think is super cool is you're only going to be here for a short period. But these people, some of them, are going to stay sober a long time with you. And you're always going to have that special bond, which means a lot. Maybe not now. Well, it means a lot now. But 10 years, 5 years from now, it it, it really means, I don't know, it just something about it. I guess it's kind of like when you go to a college and you graduate, you still really like that college or something and you have alumni. But I think that's but super like, cool. Yeah, like that you tr- have... You tr- try to compare like the fraternity experience to this. Mm-hmm. This trumps it. This is like you, you're yeah. creating stronger bonds because of like, the vulnerability and, and, and the wounds that you're yeah, and the like, healing. Yeah, 
Like, dude, hey, like, you know, last night we had a guy in the house that was like just in tears Hmm. talking to Jake, telling Jake how important he was to him and the things that he, because he just had relapsed too, Mm. you know? And And they were just strangers to each other, what, a few months ago? He was my little brother. Yeah. In the house. In the house, but just a few months ago. And now he's yeah, 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 now he's crying, saying like how much he loves you and how much yeah. you, you know. I mean, just short period of time. Yeah, and, and you you went through a spot. Yeah, yeah. How, how many? I of went those, through a few spots. But, but how them. many of the guys from the last spot you went to are you still tight with? A couple, you know. Yeah. The, the place I went to wasn't like this though. It, right. It didn't it didn't have people running it that created a family atmosphere. Right. You know, and so. I hope people here can realize like how much of a, you know, be grateful for this kind of atmosphere, you know, because yeah. unless you know the other side of it and other sober livings that don't have that, it's hard to know what you have in this kind of place here. Yeah. You know, but a lot of people go to sober living and there's a difference. Like when you go to sober living, you just, you're sober, but then, then there's, it's not recovery, just being in a sober living by itself. That's not recovery. It's the stuff, it's the atmosphere you create like pat creates and the people running this place where they're doing they're it's really accountable to doing recovery within the sober living i'm gonna and, tell you my sober living yeah. experience i only have one and this is when i was like 24 a little bit before i actually got stayed sober it was down in culver city and so it's basically like renting a, a bed half a bedroom with some guy that ends up teaching you to shoot heroin later on, with some pervert in the next room that comes and jerks off over your bed while you're asleep. Exactly. Uh, that's sober living. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and like the, the the irony is that like those spots are like fine, right? Because they're not on social media, right? But like yeah. the people that are are critiquing us see us on social media. And they're like, they're 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 just like painting us to be that. Mm. When the truth is, is if we were anything like that, we would never want to be posting anything mm. on social media. Mm. We would be hiding in the shadows. Of course. And that's kind of what I feel like people. It seems like common sense to me. Mm. Like the, the like the the one that's in the spotlight is the one that's got the most microscopes on them. Mm. Is the one that has to be the best living with the best integrity and like, like that's why I feel like it's, it's unfair to um, demonize like celebrities the way that we do Mm -hmm. because like they're constantly being looked at. Yeah. And like everyone makes mistakes. Yeah. So who are we to like, it's like no wonder hold Kanye or whoever up on some pedestal. Like if he was really a bad person, he wouldn't be going on these crazy rants on social media. And like, like, I don't know why, but this, a lot of times these podcasts always end up on Kanye Mm -hmm. just because I, I just have a lot of respect for his like honesty. Well, imagine Kanye West, if he was around in the sixties and seventies, right? No one would even know about all that other stuff going on because Mm -hmm. there was no social media back then. You could have just appreciate his work his art. Yeah. You would get his record at the record shop, spin that. And that's all you would know about the guy. Right. You would just be like, this guy's a genius. Now yeah. today you, you get to know every little facet too, too, of their lives too yeah. much. We know too much about it. <clears throat> yeah. We I actually don't think it's too much. Right. I think the more we know the better. Cause then we can learn society can learn and like, 
and, and can see that like people who are successful also struggle with yeah. mental illness. They're also flawed. They're yeah. kind of crazy. They have issues with their marriage. And like, that's okay. That's like actually kind of normal. And like, if you look back on some of these yeah. other people, like maybe, I don't know, Jim Morrison or John Lennon or you know, right. Kurt Cobain, yeah. I feel like looking back, you, 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 you see that they, they were, there were issues. Yeah. But yeah, it, at the time it wasn't. And it's not too much. It's a good thing, but like, it's, it's bad when people are starting to separate what they are as a musician, as an artist, and then they're not even looking at that anymore. Yeah. They're not even, they're like, I don't even want to hear his next album because of what he said. Right. Mm. That's not, that's not that's good. It's just, yeah, it's so lame. I just, before we go too far from Jake, I just want to ask you, did you yeah. feel like a big relief now that you got that out and, and you're moving on? Or how do you feel about presently the day after? The house meeting and all that junk. Mixed feelings, probably. Yeah, I mean, altogether, I feel good. You know, I feel bad that I lied to a lot of my friends in the house. I lied to my mom. Um, I lied to everybody in the house. But now that, like, I'm a. You mean, did they confront you and you lied, or you just. So Wednesday, they asked me about this whole situation. Oh. I said, nah, and then we went to bed. Like, it didn't matter. I mean, we we didn't just ask you, though. Oh, yeah, yeah. Like, we. Had a group. Or a meeting. Yeah, we, we had like a real house meeting where like everyone got to sort of like have feedback. But I think in, 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 not in your defense, but like we, a lot of us were kind of like, yeah, we don't really think he did. But I did say that like. It was because of past experiences. But I did, the first thing I said was like, you know, they got footage of you drinking, bro. Mm-hmm. I thought that that would be enough to get you to admit it. Well, they didn't. And you knew they didn't. Yeah, because right. I was drinking in the spot where the camera was not. Okay. <laughs> of course right. he was. Right. He, knows, right. he knows better. That's yeah. so funny. That's just how crazy it is, bro. But, but yeah, I mean, I feel a lot relieved now I'm getting through it. You do feel relief, even though you have like a million words and all that stuff. Yeah, but I mean, the words. I mean, at the end of the day, I mean, they, you know, staff always says it like it could have been a lot worse. I could have, like, let's be honest here. I like drove the the house car home from work, drunk. Mm, you could have a DUI anything. Or I could have wrecked the house car. That's like a pretty big deal. Yeah, you know. Yeah, and I think that like you got off easy, man. Kind of. Yeah, the thing that's crazy bit. about that is like if someone hit you and you didn't yeah. even hit anybody oh, and they hit yeah. you on the way back and they died, you're going to jail for the rest of your life. Yeah, and that's that's the thing is like the words are like nothing compared to what what could have happened, you know. So I'm I'm getting through the words. Yeah, he could even just yeah. got hurt, maybe going off the road or something. Yeah, yeah. And I, I don't even know what that could have meant. Four for, pints, four pints. That's a lot. In one night, you drink four. Wow. In like a span of like six hours. And, oh, okay. And nobody knew. Yeah. Which is like, that's saying a lot, bro. Yeah, I can put down liquor. I'm like, I have a problem. That's yeah, but you can do that. Nice. But when you've been sober a while and then you do it, it's different. Yeah. But, yeah. No, it hits you even harder. That's what I'm saying. I yeah. used to drink like half gallons. Me day. too. Yeah. I would drink a whole handle in yeah. a day. Exactly. Of, of Jack Daniels. Yeah. But he's oh. like twice your size. Yeah. Yeah, of course you, I can like imagine. Six, you're like six two, like two sixty, two sixty five. Yeah, he's a big boy. Wow. 
Not I even agree. fat though. Like you're just like Samoan. Big. You're just like a beast mode, dude. Tall, like stocky guy. Like you yeah. can put it down. Damn, you're That's taller than me. I, I weigh one, like one seventy, maybe. You're one inch taller than me. Fuck. That's why I'm extra nice to Jake too. I just don't want to get you know those mitts <laughs> on my cheekbone. I'm not a fighter anymore. I broke my hand. <laughs> oh so I shit! Can't fight anymore. Yeah. Uh, yeah, me either, dude. I love you. Not to backtrack, but Pat was talking about humility like in order to be honest you have to have humility you know yeah but like humility is one of those words right or principles that like not pe- people don't really know like how would you define humility yeah. well i kind of was like you talked about how you think about yourself and- yeah like i'm not important what i think how i think i'm supposed to look it's like separating your y- 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 your ego from from the equation right and how does one attain humility how did you get your humility uh i mean i don't know that i'm like perfectly humble all the time is that what it is though being humble having humility um i think it's just um i i kind of like the word meek better Mm -hmm. because the way it's described in the sermon on the mount is that like i don't know Actually, mm-hmm. Joe was just talking about this with Cameron mm-hmm. Haynes. Did you hear the yep. Joe Rogan, Cameron Haynes? Yeah, I'm a big they, fan. They, they were saying how like it's important to be able to say you don't know, and it's also important to be able to say you were wrong. Mm-hmm. But you can't do those things unless you have like humility and meekness. Some people equate humility with like humiliation, which isn't necessarily the case. Mm-hmm. No, no. It, humility is just like someone said. It's it's being remaining teachable. You know, for sure. That's like a simple definition of it. Yeah. Well, it's like knowing that you're a grain of sand on a beach. Like mm. you're not one among many. Yeah, you're just part of, one little part of the whole big thing. Mm. Like, I mean, this sounds like whatever. Like this sounds uh, slightly self-deprecating, but it's like you're just not that important. Yeah. Yes. And 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 uh, <laughs> we think we matter more than we do, and yes. we think that we think that. Uh, we're projecting this like idea of who we're who we want ourselves to be. Mm-hmm. They used to talk about this in primetime a lot, but meekness is is also the idea that like God or the universe or whatever the powers that be are. God is always going to have a better plan than anything I could have came up with. All right. So whatever I think is best if it doesn't happen or if it doesn't go my way, like, cool. Like, I don't really know. I don't know. This is, this is going to be better. Like Mm. this is going to be better. And there's some greater plan. And, um, is humility something you could teach somebody or is it something that has to get experienced through the individual for them to find it within themselves? I think they have to fucking be broken down. Cause that's like learning to lose. It's like, yeah, I, uh, any humility that I have, if I have any, is from losing, you know? Yeah. <laughs> it's not from winning. Yeah. Dude, my one of my really successful friends, like, started some new venture, and I was like, it's, like, not going well. Yeah. And I'm like, he, he could use a loss. Yeah. Yeah. To get, to, to get humble and to get grounded, and mm. I think it's good for people. Right. Does his name start with an A? Yeah, <laughs> but I mean, he's he's just not he's not gonna lose. But I mean, look, all that matters is if you're happy, 
And if, if chasing success your whole life makes you happy, Mm. cool. But I I think that's more of a distraction, but there's no way to win. You don't win because you, you get old. Things don't work the way they work. Right. Um, Shit happens. You, know, yeah. so, you, 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 you're just never gonna win. Like, it's so funny. I ran into his parents tonight, and his yeah, yeah. dad like kind of just walked past me and, and just didn't look like he was happy. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't think my my dad. I always t- try to ask my dad like, "Are you like like my dad can't like sit and like relax and like talk to you? He's always like." distracted or mm-hmm. trying to do something i just i want to be able to like sit and and be in the moment without distractions and yeah. have peace and that's like really hard why can't he just be like eckhart you know <laughs> i mean with your dad eckhart or just totally. alone it's really hard to have yeah. that to, to to achieve that you know yeah right. i've had that though in prime time like the message that stuff was so new that i just I went for it, and you had everyone there going for it, and yeah. and I had a lot of that for a while. And it's like almost like I could die right now, and I'm thankful for everything. Like, mm. and you just surrender at this level of. Mm. It's kind of hard to describe, but you're ready to go. Mm. That sounds negative, but it's not negative. It's like satisfaction, kind like, of released from the attachment. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, that's such a good question. Can you teach humility? I don't think so. But you you're kind of are in a way like in your groups. I've been able to have the privilege of sitting in a couple of the groups and the way you have it structured is there's humility going on in that group because Medi- the, in the meeting. Yeah, and I think it, it's it's because you have accountability. So everybody is like equal. Of course there's some people who level up but like anybody who f's up, like Jake, no matter how much you love him, he's gonna get consequences. It's like nobody's unique enough in that group, and they learn that to where if they do something, you know, and there's there's humility to be found in that in that atmosphere. Right? I think so too, See? but it's by seeing other people fall. Like they they're gonna watch him yeah. fall now, mm. and it's they're going to get a sense of what humility is and how it's gonna it's gonna benefit him. They're gonna yeah. see it benefit him if he sticks around. And they're going to be like, oh, like yeah. there's something else, another way, maybe. I mean, that's kind of been like the mission. Yeah. And, and like the dream is, has been to be like, okay, is there a way I can transmit these principles mm. through social media and now in the house? So, can I teach this stuff? Yeah. And I'm like, okay, well, the only way I can learn it is by like a, a painful experience Mm. or loss or Mm. like shame in a way Mm -hmm. so i'm like all right i gotta like post this shit Mm. and then maybe they can through me looking bad yeah maybe they can like grow and and i've a lot of people message me all the time like just you know watching that stuff helps me so much but it's it's hard because there's a lot of other people that judge me and Mm. they 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 see an asshole (laughs) Like, imagine if that whole meeting last night was, like, on YouTube. Yeah. There would be a few people who would be, like, on some, like, fuck Jake shit. Yeah. Probably. There always then, will but be. There, but there, there always will be. Yeah. But there's going to be more, more yeah. importantly, there's yeah. going to be 
a lot more people yeah. who are like, wow, that's my like, hero. <laughs> that's my hero. Cause yeah. I did this, I did it Yeah, and I don't feel so bad about it. And now I can get honest about yeah. something. And like Danielle is so awesome because she relapsed after having 11 years. And I don't know if you ever saw any of that. No, I didn't see that. I was posting, we were posting about what she learned from that and mm -hmm. her getting honest about that. And it, it really helped a lot of people. How long was she out for? A couple months? Yeah. She was yeah. in and out, kind of in and out for a yeah, bit. She yeah, she was in and out. 11 years. I got to ask you, yeah. do you really think Joy Division sucks? Because you told me that last time. Um, but you wear the shirt, and I think they're, I like them. I know it's simple and old and dated, but they yeah. had a certain rawness or something. Yeah. That's totally off topic. I'm sorry. No, I think it's a great segue. I love that question. Um, I like him because he hung himself in his parents' bathroom. <laughs> That's and he's why. just like a dark, dark dude. I know. I just think he's the one of the most depressed, darkest people. And he's sort of like a legend. Mm. He was like one of the first like gay emo artists. Jake's bowing out. Is it which? Because it's 12. Is it 12? Yeah. Good stuff, dude. Good stuff, Jake. Thank you, Jake. Um, yeah, it's... Uh, it's a vibe. Yeah, it's definitely a vibe. Oh, they've def they yeah, definitely they, made it, it was it was it was it was buzzing. Okay, it's they, their music's done really wonders in some soundtracks too and some movies. Yeah, <laughs> they have a couple good songs, but a lot of it is just it's just not great. Right. You know. Yeah. What about Bauhaus? I don't really know them that that much. Um. Okay. But New Order is amazing. Mm -hmm. New Order is one of my biggest inspirations mm -hmm. for even doing See, I don't high know percussion. Them that much. Those were the, there's members there's, of Bauhaus. No, of Joy Division. Joy Division. Joy oh. Division became New Order. Oh, one of the that, was this lead singer the guy who uh, killed himself? Was he an alcoholic addict? Yeah, I'm pretty sure. Yeah. I mean, I don't I don't know for sure, but um. That's how Robin Williams took himself out too, right? And then yeah. the guy from Lincoln Park, Chester. Yeah. I just trip out on it's these guys, you know? Because so they like, you know, they're kind of on top of the world in a way. They are. You know? Well, Robin had an illness, yeah. so. He was going to, he got diagnosed with Parkinson's, I believe. Or, so, or he was going to have early I'm not stages. not sure what it was, but something gnarly, yeah, yeah. Dude, but I've been thinking a lot about Chester lately. I yeah. met him at the studio two months before he he did that, oh. and he was in good spirits, and he was recording some amazing stuff that I hope comes out, where wow. he straight up sounded like Michael Jackson and beat it, like his singing style was just some new, and you would have just never thought, you know. Oh my god, that's hmm. the whole thing about that kind of stuff. Yeah, you wonder if it was just you know how you get. Well, I don't know if this happens, yeah. but sometimes you get so low, and you're like, you got suicidal ideations. Yeah, but I swear. Even a few hours later, someone calls you and they're like, "Come over or whatever," and you don't feel like that at all. But yeah. in that moment, you could you could do it. Yeah, you, I call it momentary lapse of reason. Like you mm. just, and then you could end it, right? Momentary lapse of reason. I just realized what that meant right yeah. now. Hmm. Yeah, it's like it's a bad thing. Yeah, but I guess it could be a good thing if you're momentarily lapsing. 
from reason and you're like being delusional and joyful. Mm. But I don't know. My friend Steve says running is like the only thing that helps him. Mm. Or just getting your heart rate up. Mm. It can like help you like break that cycle. Huh. I need to run more. <laughs> I've been I've been walking a lot, you know, yeah. starting there. Yeah. I, yeah. Dude, so am I. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And like when I'm in those low places, the idea of like running or yeah. exerting a bunch of energy is like so really hard. Yeah. yeah. But like you're saying it's like literally a lifesaver though. Like it's like pushing. It's not I just a cardio exercise, it. but it's like running a, and I had to start like I was 80 in my knees. You unplug that fridge? But uh, so I've been consistent just because it does, it helps with the mind. Hmm. Like just a couple of days a week, like hmm. a half an hour run on the trail. Hmm. And then sometimes I'll do a little bit longer. Hmm. It helps. And I started doing the meditation. I've been sober a long time. I never really did it every morning. Hmm. I do that now. Every morning. This is going to sound really weird, and especially on a podcast in front of like the three people who listen. Weird's my middle name. I'm not even going to say it. Do it. Fucking jerk it off, dude, and oh, you get yeah. you get a rush of the good chemicals. Totally. Shh. That I'm helps not tri- a little I'm bit. I'm not tripping right. about my problems in the middle of doing the. Yeah, you're not thinking panky. about it, and then after right. you get like a dose of whatever that runner's high stuff is. (laughs) I mean, that's, that's actually, but you got, we got to be careful with that. Yeah. Sorry. No, I mean, (laughs) you do, you, 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 you've, you've spoken. Billy's been open and honest about that. Right. That was one of the things that he was willing to get open and honest and vulnerable about. Just being dependent on that kind of stuff. Just getting into I'm definitely a sex and love addict. I went to SLAA for years. Mm. Yeah. But and they they encourage abstinence from that completely, right? Well, you make your own bottom line. Okay. So you decide I, if it's porn, you don't do that. Or if it's dating or hookers or whatever it is, you make your own bottom lines. And some people, there's the love and there's the sex. So the love, mm. some people are anorexics and they won't ever engage. So for them, maybe, and then some people are love addicts where they're just falling in love and that's all they can think about is this person. And, mm, right. and then it's the next person and yeah. it's ever, you know, and mm. that stuff's kind of all faded quite a bit. I'm sure it's still a little bit there, but the did you intense, do the steps in that, in the, S- I started, SLA? I started and I just couldn't, I couldn't, I couldn't do what I, my bottom lines, I couldn't stay sober in that program. Do you know step one off the top from that? Cause I don't know. It's exactly the same except for, no, I don't remember. Yeah. It's been years, but it's like, kind of like I'm powerless. Over. But the meetings were powerful cause it's their co-ed. Yeah. And you get to hear from the other sex, how they think about it. And mm. just the meetings were pretty, it was good. Yeah. It's good. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and they have uh, a lot of times they get together on these little retreats and stuff, which are really nice. It's a different type of healing. Like, I'm sure because yeah. I'm sure the shares are a lot different in those groups. I know it's an anonymous program too, so we don't have to dive into that. But like, of course, in AA, we talk about the drunkalogue. In SLA, is it kind of like a sexalogue? Yeah. Excuse me. Yeah, ignorance. there's sexalogue. Yeah. Uh, but it could be an anorexic sexalogue, which is a deprivation. Mm. Um, and just, uh, and then you hear some people like they've blown all their money. Right. Like hundreds of thousands on hookers. And, mm. Like I couldn't relate with that. I never you had that money. That but to, like, someone in the house and even if I did, I don't think I would because like, I want to feel loved. Like, mm. So, yeah, it's mm. a trip. 
Yeah. It's a trip, and it's something it's, everybody has to do. I mean, way. it's in 68 and 69 in the big book. We all have, we wouldn't be human if we didn't have those issues. So. Mm. But that meditation aspect of it, like even relieving yourself, there's something meditative about that, you could say, right? But well, I try not to look at sex as, as like a bad, shameful thing. I got right. plenty of that in my life. Um, yeah. Yeah, meditation for me recently is one of these things where i'm really because like sitting for five minutes like some people will do that and just listening and breathing Mm -hmm. but uh, i'm i'm learning seven years in sobriety like that that's an important component dude yes you know i've been doing i've been doing it every single day with this app called calm ah i think i have it it's it's dope i need to peep it but i haven't like purchased you how to do it yeah like you need a home base yeah which is like a sound. You're, you do it like, like when you get up feeling. in the morning? Yeah, I do it. It's one of the things I do in my morning routine. Sick. Yeah, Calm. so what happened is I found this group Primetime, which is, is AA, but it was like really intense AA. I don't know how you would describe it, but my sex and love issues got fixed in AA eventually. Nice. Through AA. Yeah, I mean, the steps are the same, yeah. and I think it was this higher power... And this walking, talking meditation, like I was always meditating Mm. and this conscious contact and they made it like so important. There's nothing else except conscious contact with God or the universal energy of life or whatever you want to call it. And they talked about the alcoholic mind, the mind powered disease. And it's my thinking Mm. that is the problem. Mm Mm-hmm. Because really, you're living the reality you're living. You could be living a million different realities. It's mm-hmm. just basically what you're living in your head from your past, from a character you created. Mm-hmm. It's not your brain. It's um, it's a sep- It's an entity that's not you that mm-hmm. thinks it's you and it talks to you. Mm-hmm. But uh, it's a mind. Well, some would say that that's what the ego is, right? Yeah, it's, ego is part of it. They call it alcoholism, ego, and self. And self can't reveal self to self. So mm. that's the problem. So you can't even see. We could see what's wrong with you, but you can't see it in your own self. And like we think, yeah, okay, okay. But the truth is you can't. Mm. Like the real shit, you can't see it because you are you. Mm-hmm. And I, but I can see you in a different, from a different outside perspective. Uh. And then that's why the awareness was so important. Like what am I thinking right now? Mm. Like, and then you, and you look into it and you get separation from your thoughts. Mm. And then you allow this higher power, you can invite it in, like, what is the truth? Can you give mm-hmm. me a different experience? Can I have something new? Mm-hmm. And I'll be doing this all the time, all the time, all the time with reinforcement. And and it was like the first three steps hit really hard. Mm-hmm. I'll, and uh, what if whatever, it worked, it worked, it it took that sex and love stuff away which was really killing me at that point because i i I think i just replaced drugs and alcohol with sex and love at some point of course not at first but eventually i started using that substitution which is very common people can substitute many things for their drug of choice yeah and um sober things too yeah I can even substitute, like you said thinking for my drug of choice fantasies and get attached to the fantasy yeah, and really, like my ego does not like the present moment because it has no. nothing to do there. Yeah, it has nothing to do in the present, so it it's wants not me even to be in the future in the, in the past. I think it dies in the present. It That's does. why it 
does. It needs something to do. And so if it keeps me in the future or the past, it's having a good old-fashioned time, which is yeah, dangerous. Yeah, and it's robbing you of your life because nothing ever happens except right now. So all that other stuff is an illusion anyways, like you're saying. It's, it's not all illusion. Real. It's fantasy. So We're the ego is kind of like a shadow life. of myself that I can choose to step in and like identify with myself in that shadow of myself. But the shadow it does. is... It needs to identify with something. If it can't identify with something, that doesn't exist. Hmm. So in the moment, there is no identity if you're present. Hmm. And then you can also have a different experience than the experience Aaron always has. Hmm. Something new with no reference to the past they would talk about. A completely different footing. Hmm. And uh, it's the new God-conscious character, and it's fucking wonderful. Hmm. It's a trip. And it's a, a daily tug of war yeah. that I've found in my, in my battle. It's like the tug of war with my ego and like that other side, like you said, which is like the present. And sometimes the tug of war is strong, you know? Yeah. It can be the ego's pulling really hard. It takes the, all the effort you got in the moment you're in. And there's yeah. a lot of distractions kind of set out there for all of us in this world now, like with social media. There's just so many things that can get us lost in, in kind of what really should be my conscious contact in, in, the, in my daily life is like, let me try to be in the present. I can go through the whole day without even thinking about the present moment. Cause I have my yeah. phone, I've got movies, video games, I got porn, whatever it is. Yeah. And, um, and then, I'm, then at that point I'm just spinning around. I'm just like a tumbleweed and I have no idea where <laughs> I'm going, but that's yeah. why meditation is that thing that is important to be kind of locked in daily even if it's just 10 seconds <laughs> yeah well also it, it it gives if you started in the morning you can like go back to oh yeah you can go back to that spot uh it makes it easier to mm. go back to that spot during mm. the day i think yeah you're you're you're, you're like right. learning how to do it and then you can start doing it easier it's like training throughout like the training. day you remind me of this show i've been watching now the one you showed me. Oh, the music on the credits is Top Boy. Ex- excellent. Uh, what? what? Yeah, he showed me Top Boy, Pat. He put oh, me on. I'm still on it. I'm just so in love. Good. Top Boy. No, I don't know. It's the Outer Range one. Oh, right. Yep. Yeah. I peeped that. I watched yeah. that. Yeah. It was cool. I like I, the music I, in the credits. I can't really. Like, I like it, but it's not really. It's like slow. I don't know. It's not really like maybe it's not going anywhere. But yeah, it's like okay. So they killed the guy, and we're trying to no spoilers. <laughs> they're trying to figure out who killed him the whole time. Well, and there's like, you know there's, there's deeper. This, we don't know though. It's like the whole okay. The whole is like time travel. Okay, we don't yeah. know what it is. Oh, but you know what it hits on. And this is a weird concept: is time isn't linear. Mm-hmm. Time is. It's just like slow to. Um, yeah, but okay. the characters are great. Like my favorite character is the other guy. Is Josh Brolin's like adversary? Mm. Oh yeah, that guy. I forgot is his name. So is the actor's good, name. dude. Yep. What's his name? What's he been in? He's been in a bunch I, of I stuff. Don't know. I've seen him before for sure. Yeah. Well, that you know, they're both of those. Those two guys are kind of holding down the show. Their performances, Josh yeah. Brolin and the other guy. What's the other guy's name in Outer Range? And the wife too. You the wife is JD always good. Into our little Jamie, <laughs> you gotta look it up. 
I have a thing for time travel stuff. There's a show called Dark. I was telling Pat to try oh. to sit down with. It's like German or something and subtitles. But dude, it's let's just, watch that. Really? So good. That's one that we could watch. It is why. I just know for a fact that you'll like it. Well, here's what I'm tripping on now. Just listen real quick, and then I'm going to shut up. Okay, so time <laughs> no, it, time isn't linear. Up. First of all, size is not real. Size is only for us to live I'll tell here my on girlfriend Earth. that when I come home. <laughs> <laughs> no, but like, so the universe goes out infin- infinitely, like they say. It never stops, right? There's no end. But if that's the case, you can also go inward infinitely, too. Mm. There is no size. There's no too small or too big. It's infinite. Never heard There's of that. There's no way. end. And time is the same. There's Time is not linear. All the scenarios are happening all the time because there is no confines. There's no... There's no ends. There's no like mm. limits. It's like a circle. I don't even there's know if no it's a beginning, circle. It no just end. doesn't never. End. But it's hard for us to think that way. Right. So there's we're alive even after we're dead because every time in time we're still living because it doesn't. It's not linear. It's mm. happening continuously. We've already died and been born. Right. No, I don't. That's just no, uh, no. You don't. You, you, you got to think about it for a minute. Yeah, yeah. You, you lost me. Okay, well, there's this book, this old book. It's called Slaughterhouse Five. I don't know if you've heard of it. It's kind of a famous book, but who wrote it? Some guy. <laughs> Sounds like a horror movie. Um. Yeah. Well, there's these aliens, and they don't see in linear time. Hmm. They see in real time. So they see human beings. Wait, Slaughterhouse Five? Yeah. <laughs> Is it the fifth book? <laughs> I don't know. And uh, no, it's not. <laughs> but wow. it could be like a rap group. Well, too. also, Stephen King. <laughs> Stephen King did the size thing. He fucked me up with the Dark Tower and the mm. size. And I, I think it's real. I think we. Dude, I fucking have all these dope books on Audible mm-hmm. that I haven't read. Of course. But he's logged into my Audible. And I've listened and, to him all. He, what, what, what he does for a living is he maintains like indoor plant art. So he's just walking around all day listening. He's listened to all the books. Hmm. The War of Art. Or no, I got The War of Art. And I just downloaded The Five Rings. The book oh, of Five the Rings. Oh, The Five Rings? Oh, the really? Joe's talking about. because, And I yeah. thought... I thought when I downloaded it, I thought, all right, Billy's going to enjoy this one. Like, I'll read it. I'll hopefully listen to it one day. But, like, so, yeah, continue. So, but, obviously, Billy, Jimi Hendrix is dead in our existence right here. Like, he's not here right now. So, like, but there, you're saying in time, there's another point where Jimi Hendrix is still here. Every single <laughs> thing that ever happened in Jimi Hendrix's life is still happening. Right. It's like still happening. Yeah, that's crazy talk. But so there is maybe, I mean, then you get into the... Well, not if you think about it. Okay, you believe in God, right? God's the creator of the universe, the infinite power that loves every one of us individually. Right. Right? Well, that's just as fucking nuts as what I just said. Yeah. Right? Well, of course. If you think about it. That's why I have a hard time like really wrapping my head around it. and I don't really know. But you know it works when you go to it. Um, we know that. Yeah, because it brings me some kind of like comfort. Yeah, but the whole entire AA program is based on a higher power. If you don't have a contact with a higher power of some sort, but, you're not going to... But I think that that's like an exercise in like getting out of yourself. 
So maybe it's not God. It's just we use the word God. It's us just like deferring to something other than our mind mm-hmm. and our thoughts. And it's helping us have more of an open mind and like see something from a different perspective because we're talking to something other than us. Mm-hmm. Right. When, when you tell, like when you're saying that we live in this like infinite universe that goes on forever on a, we're on a rock that's hurling through space, a part of a galaxy of billions of other galaxies and all that stuff. But then you're talking about time. What's the difference? Like, why does that not seem impossible? But uh, so that's why I'm open-minded to what you're saying. It's just hard to grasp that. Yeah. It, but why it, is that it, hard it, to it, grasp? And an infinite universe isn't. <laughs> well, because we hear infinite universe all the time. Yeah. This is a new concept. Because what Jimi Hendrix, Hendrix did happened, and he's dead. Right. I don't understand how it's still happening. Right. Because if you went back in time, it would be happening. Ah. Okay, but like... So that, that point can't. in time still exists. They're even right. working on time travel right now. They're, they have concepts yes. for time travel. Yeah, yeah, but we don't... They say it's more, it's more feasible to go forward than back, but they haven't said it's improbable to go back. But we can't do either. They're working so. on it. <laughs> <laughs> they are, though. I think they actually did an know, experiment recently where they're stuff. able to do a, a miniature like travel. Like they did it in a very microcosm way in like in a small experiment where they did it already. Yeah. Uh, so what I, what I, yeah, I'm not I, a scientist. I don't know. So I don't know. <laughs> but what I think is when I, when I can open up to these concepts, it does open up other things and right. I feel an expansion and like, Oh, it isn't, life isn't just these four walls and hmm. The communication between us isn't just speech. Mm. There's other stuff happening. And um, it's fun. It makes a different experience. It kind of creates, like, are you having a little bit of a different experience now that you've thought about I that? Am. There's something a little bit psychedelic that yeah. I'm feeling. Like it's Have start, you done you start psychedelics tripping. before? Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. Th- th- this, is, this is like my favorite part of the podcast. <laughs> Is when we when when we start when we talking makes sense. <laughs> no, but we yeah. we start talking about things that like are like almost healing in a way. Like I have a mm. sensation now that was different, and I've done this with Evigan too. Like you can start pondering these things that don't make seem ponderable, and it starts to unlock gears and shit, and you start having a different experience. Maybe it's all psyching your own self out, but I am definitely feeling a little different. Mm. Mm. yeah i mean it's like you connect because it takes away the separation from all things mm -hmm. in a way you're not separate you know you know how alcoholics are dying of loneliness right right and they're isolated It, it relieves that a little bit well you're right there's beyond these four walls there's so many other realities going on that we can't perceive like real things whether it's vibrational waves or whatever. And I think our brains as humans, we have to, it's kind of designed to dumb it down just so we can have a conversation. Yeah. Right. Cause yeah. if we were seeing all that stuff, we would just be like, <laughs> yeah. Whoa, the whole podcast, you know, people were like, what are these idiots doing? You wouldn't be able to do anything. Yeah. So, but I think that those realities are happening regardless if we could see them like with like DMT, 
even though I don't have my experience myself. Um, but I've done psychedelics. Like they say, like they say that already exists in our minds mm -hmm. and DMT exists in a lot of things. But when you take it, it opens that part up of the brain that's there already. And some people say they'll, they'll experience like interdimensional, you know, things like, uh, even see other beings. Yeah. yeah I've heard people and sober people have yeah. experiences. Yeah. And very reasonable, logical people, yeah. you know, say, no, this is something happened and they saw other beings in the room. Right. Hey, this guy was in a, in a temple over here on Las Virginis, that temple. I don't know what kind of Hindu or whatever it is. Mm -hmm. And he had that experience and he saw beings all around. And he told the guy, the devotee or somebody who was sitting next to him, he's like, yeah, they're here all the time or mm -hmm. whatever. Don't worry about it. Yeah, don't worry so, about it. They're just chilling here. And this they're... was a logical dude that I looked up to who helped me a lot. He was also in the other SLA program too and in AA. But it, it is productive and to me to talk about these kind of things, have yeah. conversations because you don't have them every day, but it, it does help kind of relieve me of attachments like to like the worldly things. That, and death even. Yeah, death. exactly. Well, Maybe. that, the ultimate one. Yeah. What, what's more precious to, to, to us but our own lives, you know? Where yeah. As humans, that is the, our ultimate attachment. And also it makes me value interactions like the present one we're having or anyone that I'm having because it starts to be like, oh, that is what's the real valuable thing. It's not my career. It's the interaction that I'm having. And not even just people. I'm sounding wacky now, but no. even that plant there and the frogs out there and like the Incense. experience that's happening right now is infinite. Right. It's not closed and isolated and and when i start talking with all that side that stuff it opens those things up which feel really good they feel it's like oh this is what it's supposed to be it's almost i wonder if like the native americans or something were already they weren't like like maybe white folks or whoever to advance or to evolve technologically had to close off all this other stuff to build things right. whereas maybe other cultures were open to these other things and they had no desire to build other you know like mm. i don't know well it, i meditate on like the buddha has a quote where he says extinguishing the cycle of birth and death one enters nirvana right and so that always kind of wait what, the, what was the last part extinguishing the cycle of birth and death one enters nirvana you know when extinguishing the cycle right yeah and so, like, that's what nirvana is. But in this moment, you, we can actually tap into that kind of thing. Like, it's not just... But well, how does he extinguish it? What does that... Does he do it, or is that just a concept? That's just like a human for all humanity, you know? Like, if right. we can find that within ourselves. Like, uh, you know, obviously in Buddhism, there's the concept of reincarnation, you know? And uh -huh. karma, and kind of coming back again with certain karma after we die in, in a, a different form, you know, whether, which is deep, you know, like, cause our, like when you said like nobody ever really dies, what goes on is like the energy. Well, that part is scientific and yeah. for real proven, yeah. but it, that doesn't give me that feeling. Right. Like there has to be some kind of consciousness or, connection that's experiential or if i just think of my energy yeah like my basic elemental components going back into it right 
it doesn't get it doesn't feel it feels incomplete right yeah well we understand that like our lives as billy pat and aaron were just like flesh covered skeletons made of stardust at the end of the day that's scientific yeah that's what we are and we're temporary in this vessel yeah but that's not really you like you're that's a part of you a part of your fingerprint but um it's just like a a little vessel that we are contained in and extinguishing the cycle of birth and death kind of shows me like okay like pat was saying like i'm not that important like i don't like i'm Mm. an essential part of this universe but a very tiny infinitesimal part of it um that doesn't that's not that important in the grand scheme of things but everybody's so attached to this little you know my five foot nine body and how scared i am of losing this you know yeah i've been more scared of it because i'm getting older and stuff it's kind of that might be part of my depression that i've been having it's like the fear of death or just the breakdown of my body and not being able to do what i need to do and support my kid and all that junk and and the Buddha went even further and said, like, the source of suffering is craving, right? So, like, even plants are, are craving water and sunlight. And, like, we crave oxygen and food and, like, you know, everything. Sex and things and security and, yeah. So this whole realm we're in is a realm of suffering in, yeah. in, in that regard. But to, we're like, you can, like, how AA is so cool because it always talks about perception, you know? We have a perception problem. So it's like mm. when you switch Does that. It say that in the book? Um, in AA literature? about perception? Yeah. Um, well, it says it in a lot of different ways that our minds have been warped, you know? Right. And um, we, we're not seeing things clearly, you know? We see ourselves as the victim a lot. And, you know, we're pointing the finger at, to blame others for our problems. That's all perception stuff. It may not yeah. use that word perception. It's incorrect also. You know? But, like, our whole existence on this planet, for a lot of us, is, like, delusional, <laughs> you know? Yeah. You know? And, um, it does you know, that's that. the spiritual awakening component of the 12 steps where it's like, af- after doing this, you'll be awakened to like your, your true self, like what your real purpose is on this planet, like who you really are, you know? Yeah. Cause I wonder like, uh, a lot of people in AA, I mean, I think the theme is all oh, my life's wonderful. Like the guy tonight, Oh yeah. my life. I love my life. <laughs> I can't stand that. Like, all I, that nothing shit. against them. But. And I'm like, really? <laughs> I mean, do you think he loves his life? <laughs> I, I mean, dude, like... And his wife? Yeah, I, I've... <laughs> there's been times in my sobriety <laughs> where I love my life. Yeah, I've had those. I've you had those, I mean? but like, it's... And, and even when I think about it right now, like, oh my God, yeah, I do. Right I do. now you do. But well, not earlier today. Well, no, like... <laughs> Like, no, I, I do. I do love my life, but like, that doesn't mean that like, I don't suffer in my head. Okay. Yeah. I guess me too. I mean, yeah, I don't don't know how I feel about like someone starting their share, like with (laughs) life is great. I'm killing it. Well, I I think it's important because like, you you want to give people hope. Yeah. The, the the newcomers need to know that like the person speaking is like actually happy or like that 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 sobriety did them some good. 
Right. So yeah. that's what he's trying to do. Because he said it's 100% from AA that he has that life. Yeah. That's kind of like a sales pitch to me. Like, I, right. That's why they say we, we start with what it was like, what happened, and what it's like oh, now. There's, there's a reason for that formula, I think. Yeah, because then it's undeniable. This is yeah. where I was. Yeah. Even if you don't feel happy at the moment, intellectually, you're much better off now. Yeah. Yeah. You know? But like I'm, I'm not one of these people that say my worst days sober is better than my greatest days drinking. Because mm-hmm. I, I, I'll be honest, like no, sorry, yeah. I had some freaking maybe great drinking, times but drinking. tripping definitely had some good times yeah, tripping. Tri- tripping, yeah, <laughs> not drinking, like just even getting lifted but, off. Something. But yeah. what about this one? Was your best day sober better than your best day getting high? Maybe, probably. Talking to the mic. No. Probably. Yeah. No, I'm I, not a fronter. I, 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 I Honestly, I'm kind of <laughs> with you. I'm not going to front. But there's been, I feel like it's better overall, undeniably. Overall, true. It's better sober. Of course. My but, mom calls me and says, hi, how you doing? I love you. As opposed to like get a restraining order on this guy. Yeah. You know, I mean, but, that's what happened to me at one point. You know, and that's better overall. That's crazy. But like yeah. personally, as far as the, the like the, you know, colors in my life and the things that I've experienced in the past before I got sober. There, there, that, there, there's, there's, yeah, I haven't experienced the the same high. I mean, when you're when you have drugs and alcohol to aid you in getting to those high highs, you can't really reach that. I haven't really been able to reach that the same level of euphoria right. in sobriety. Yeah. yeah. And just like but fun, I, you know, it's not, I'm not a boring guy. I've had fun in sobriety and it's been great and I'm grateful yeah. for it, but it wasn't as fun as what I did. Mm. And it's not that like, Oh, you just think you were having fun because you're high. No, trust me. I was in the Philippines going wild and it was a blast. Mm. And I remember every moment of it. I wasn't that drunk, you know, in Malaysia, like that was a blast too. Japan ill dude. Hmm. You know? Yeah. Um, and I went to Japan sober and had a good time too. It just wasn't as fun. But yeah. I'm not, it's not like, oh, I'm not going to stay in AA because it's not as fun. I, I, like some people say, I wouldn't even be in AA if I didn't have fun. That's bullshit for me. I, I would be in AA if it was the most boring thing ever because I have to be. It's life yeah. and death. It's not about fun. Yeah. I'm not here to have fun. It's, I'm, I'm here to like not even save my life, but save my soul. Hmm. You know, because that's more scary than losing my life is losing my soul. That's funny because I've been experiencing a lot of emotional pain, but I came here to get rid of emotional pain too. Hmm. And it does work. I just forget how bad it was. Hmm. After, you know, it's kind of easy to forget how bad it was. Hmm. That's why we drink again a lot of times. Mm-hmm. We just forget how fucking gnarly it really was. Well, they say that too about women and their pregnancy. Like the only <laughs> reason why they have a second kid is because they forgot how yeah. painful. And it's a part of the brain. It's like an yeah. actual... Um, part of our, I don't know. It's the way it works. Yeah. From survival from our ancestors, you know, like yeah, forgetting like I remember things. The good times so good, but I remember, I don't remember any of the bad shit, really not the way, like I, I, I glorify the good times that I had. No, it, it is hard to remember how bad it got. And I'm, I'm, I'm grateful to be sober and I'm so grateful for AA, but I also, I don't like being sober. I'm not one of these people that go, I love being sober. In meetings. Right. 
Um, I love what comes along with it. I've had success in music. I've had, I have had a girlfriend for seven years because of sobriety. Uh, she's beautiful, amazing. I've been able to hold down, you know, where I live and just a lot of stuff. You, you've been with her the whole time. Yeah. With huh. her the whole time. So but I knew her before though. Like, so she already had the, <laughs> you know, but, uh, and she was a square. She never did drugs and she would only drink in once in a blue moon. So she, I couldn't be with that before she was a square. I had to be out. And yeah. now, now I'm a square. So now we work together. <laughs> but that's interesting that you were able to keep that relationship throughout your entire sobriety. Cause it's really hard. It's a testament to her too. It's it's, she was very supportive. She would come to meetings with me, wow. you know, like they say, don't get with somebody in your first year some, yeah. sometimes, but like she was the perfect candidate to have it be healthy because she was supportive. She, you know, she wasn't a big drinker at all. So that's how it works, you know, hmm. she's just dope as, as, as hell. So, you know, so she understands and like not a lot of women would be like that to support yeah. and come along. And she's like really hot too. And like, that's why I had to stop taking her <laughs> to meetings. Cause like <laughs> alcoholics are, can be really grimy. Wow. If I left her outside, I would see like five mm, dudes around right, her. So right. like, like chilled. That's true. Yeah. yeah. Whoa. Like you're, you're too innocent for this group, honey. Huh? You know, some of the girls would hate too. you know, there'd be the hater girls at the co co co-ed meetings. Wow. Right. Um, so do you think that she's like built, do you notice any like resentful stuff like because of the way you were in the beginning? Was there any of that? Like, was it hard to navigate sort of like as you were growing? Mm. Cause in the beginning I know I didn't treat Veronica the right way. Mm -hmm. And I like learned how to do that over time, but <laughs> she sort of like, I think she kind of like, had to build up like a wall. Like mm -hmm. she had to protect herself from me. Yeah. And she built up certain like coping mechanisms that stayed with her even after I changed. Hmm. I'm kind of the opposite. Like I started really good and now I don't treat her <laughs> like the right way now. Oh, wow. Um, I mean, I'm not a horrible boyfriend by any means, but it's funny because I was in more of that vulnerable desperation in the beginning to like really stop the fight, you know? Uh-huh. And I ceased the fight and surrendered then and now as I'm sober a while now it's like I want to have my way again and kind of uh-huh have things be a little more rigid and right. You know, why can't you just do what I want you to do, you know? Right. So I forget like the the formula of like you know, it's like practice these principles in all our affairs like not just in the rooms but at home, you know, too. And it's like sometimes I could be very spiritual guru everywhere else, but home, you know? Mm -hmm. So when I come, <laughs> I, I used to, um, there was this guy, cowboy Brian. Yeah. My first sponsor. Dude. Yeah. I love that guy, bro. He used to talk about how the people that should benefit the most yeah. from this are the, our loved ones. And it's like more important to apply this in at home yeah. than anywhere else. Exactly. Mm -hmm. Dude, we need to get him on. Well, I was going to go to his treatment. I talked to this guy, Curtis, at the meeting. He's like, yeah, Brian comes over to this other place. Yeah, I'd love to I'm go. I'm not going to plug this place, because, <laughs> uh, but um, I'm going to go there next Thursday. Oh, and, dope. And I'm going to pull him in, dude. Dude, please. Tell him I'm like dying. I love his uh, Instagram page. Yeah. It's pretty funny, yeah. Um, what's it called? I don't remember. 
I know he's like big on plugging it. It's like um I haven't seen it in a while. It's like the I need to see that. Oh my I don't know. Bro. But he's it's super funny, he's like, a super it, talented it, musician, singer with his wife. Yeah. Uh he's a fellow left handed drummer. I didn't know that before he was my sponsor. And then my second sponsor was a left handed musician and now my third sponsor is a left handed musician. And I didn't know Sarkar. It's called sarcastic. That's, that's odd. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> sarcastic AA book. I knew I liked Brian when he was like, "Have you seen my Pride and Joy?" And he opened his wallet, and it was just like the detergent Pride and Joy, like a picture of the detergent. <laughs> I was like, "I like this guy, dude." So what? What do you do? For- I'm a music producer first and foremost. I'm a drummer primarily as a musician. I play keys and percussion, but um, I'm like more of a composer, make beats. Um, also write songs. Oh. Been doing that since um, I was a kid. My parents were in the music business. My dad was a composer and toured with Dolly Parton and Kenny Rogers and did the music for like the Birdcage and a few other things. Rest in peace. He died in 2011 from cancer. Mm. He was the best. I didn't stay sober through that. I didn't have a program. That's why. Um, and then my mom is a harpsichordist for the LA Chamber Orchestra for the last 45 years, the principal keyboardist. So she's like very serious classical musician. And my older brother who Pat worked with is in a group called Oliver DJ group. He's produced for Kelly Clarkson, Katy Perry, everybody. And uh, so that was just a family affair. And so when I was born, I was born into it. Mm -hmm. And then my dad eventually built a home studio and he was super cool with letting me use it. So I was kind of ahead of the game. And you had an interest that, like, they bought me a drum set when I was six years old, and they're like, play it, you know, as opposed to parents that are like, turn that down, you know. I was just really lucky in that regard. Wow. And uh, went to CalArts for a little bit for uh, jazz and uh, world music and did some experimental film classes there. That's another thing. But And then I became like a professional in my early 20s and started working with some big names. And, um, you know. I wasn't a full-blown alcoholic at that time, but I was a full-blown pothead for sure. So people come to you for a song or if they want to fix a song or complete a song or... Mainly it's like these days, like they just want beats, you know what I mean? So like I'm either making beats in the studio at my studio or at home. Beats or like beats with instruments. So I'll make like um, just actual like compositions. Like, uh, you know, I'll, it's, you know, like like the music that's underlying like a Kanye West record, right? Mm-hmm. I'm the one doing that, the music underneath that, you know? So that would be a beat, you know? Um, a lot of times I co-produce with other guys, so they'll be like, the artist will be like, we want this kind of style, you know, Chicago style or like trap or like 90s nostalgic hip hop mixed with something and then I'll, or we need just like a straight up dance pop r&b rihanna style whatever and then i have to get to work and customize something that i hope they like and uh other than that i'm just making stuff that i love to do too Mm. on my own Mm -hmm. and a lot of times that's the stuff they want you know what is that kind of and you know i grew up in like i said with a very eclectic musical background with my parents and stuff so i like a lot of music but i'm drawn to making hip-hop the most like and I come from 90s, nostalgic, golden era hip-hop. Like who? What's one of your... So like, there's, you know, you got the the kind of... You mean you like can... rap hip-hop? 
yeah, you can say there's like the East Coast grimy stuff like Gangstar and Nas that I was drawn to. And then there's like the Earth Tony stuff like Tribe Called Quest and De La Soul mm. that I love too. And um, I dove into all that stuff. And I, in the 90s, especially, I wanted to emulate that stuff and be able to make the music sound exactly like that. So I was kind of biting it, copying it. Like mm-hmm. Pat was talking about a Picasso quote recently that stood out to me mm-hmm. about, what was that again, Pat? Good artists copy, great artists steal. Yep. Or great art, good artists imitate, great artists copy. Something like steal. that. So like, I, that's when he told me that I was like, I was totally copying stuff in the beginning. So like, but I was like, it was kind of, it wasn't common that like a, a white boy for me, like me that grew up in Calabasas was making grimy hip hop, New York stuff. So mm-hmm. I kind of stood out when I, I was in the studio at Dre's studio, you know, mm-hmm. and uh, he had his boy Mel, Melman there. And in 2013, and I played my beats and they're just like, they were looking at my face like that. That's not you, yeah. you know, you mm-hmm. didn't do that, you know? Um, and they didn't believe me, <laughs> you know, cause I'm like, just like, I'm just me, you know, for mm-hmm. the listeners, I'm just like a just general white boy from, from the Valley, you know, but, um, I've also done a lot of other stuff. I've even produced a country album. I've produced black eyed peas, like pop dancey kind of stuff. I've done, um, so I love doing all types of music and I like adapting to situations. I'm not just strictly hip hop guy, but there's something about that particular kind of music. And it's tough to exist in the world we, as a, as a hip hop producer now, because a lot of it's become oversaturated with a lot of um, elements that are very, what I like to call like six piece chicken nugget music. That's just like very um, fast foodie. That's mm-hmm. like, just do it like this, put this trap hi-hat on there with that same snare drum and put three notes in it with a 808 and then let's call <laughs> but it. But the stuff that you really love isn't like that. No. It's so creative. There's something way out about it, but yeah. I love musicality. I love, um, I do have an appreciation for just grimy, something just in the club that just bangs in the club, but I, I'm more drawn to um, musicality, orchestration. Like, I love hip hop that's based on like old school like Ennio Morricone, which is like, you know, 70s soundtrack, Italian soundtrack. He did stuff. the good, the bad, and the ugly. You know? Soundtrack. And a good example of that would no, be like... Ennio Morricone. Oh. A good example of that would be like the RZA from Wu-Tang Clan. Oh, you Clan. mean that old movie? Yeah. That old... Oh. You heard of RZA from Wu-Tang Clan, you know? He's kind of that kind of producer where it's very cinematic. It has... It feels alive. And it, it goes places. The beat it doesn't just stay stagnant, you know? And uh, that's just kind of where I come from. But these days, kids don't want that. You know, <laughs> they're like, "No, nah, that's too much." You know, right? Um, I just want three sounds in there, and I appreciate that too. Right? It's like, like you had a song with Hyper Crush that I love, and I remember asking you about it. It's the um, Rage, Rage, and you're just like, "Oh, it's simple," you know. But I, like, I loved it because yeah. it's like four sounds, you know. Yeah. But and there's one repetitive sound that's like a grandma would jump off a bridge if she heard it. You yeah, know? like stop that. But for me, I like I love. But it. like getting those sounds just right is was took so much time. Right, and that's yeah. the thing with the three or four sounds you pick. You also there's an art to that too. Yeah, you got to be very picky. Um, but like I grew up with just like classical music and stuff, so like 
the one there's nothing wrong with the music today it's just i want i don't want like jazz music to get lost i don't i don't want kids to be like what is that crap i want them to still have appreciation for like just like real yeah you know what's weird to me is like so somebody comes to you and they're like i want to beat yeah and then you just gotta like make something yeah and you spend maybe hours making something yeah and then maybe they want it maybe they don't or I've, I've spent so many hours that I didn't get paid for, you know, just from that. And I also didn't make it on the album. Like I just worked with this guy, Jack Harlow, you know, and with his team, he's like this big up and coming rapper. Yeah, I'm I didn't, not, I didn't make it on the album. Culture, but yeah. I didn't make it on the album. Like he mm. recorded on a couple of my tracks, you know, mm. but um, that happens all the time. But I put in so many hours. <laughs> but like, you do get, <laughs> if they use it, you do get paid even if you don't make it on the album get paid handsomely okay yeah that's good yeah um so that's the that's the trade-off and it's kind of like what pat was saying about how there's so much on his plate with graceland and everything and like that happens to me in the music world but i just remind myself i signed up for this you know what i mean and what else would i be doing you know but that shit i i i firmly believe that hard work eventually will pay off but what he what you're talking about what he's talking about is there's certain like records and songs or there's certain people that, that play like when he samples like a horn or even like a drum beat, like it's being played by somebody who mastered the art of that craft and the sound that they're producing can't be produced without tens of thousands of hours of practice. Yeah. And like certain people can hear that if they appreciate yeah. it. Yeah. And then other people just want, you know, a, a stock sound that they found on a synth and, right. and two notes back and forth and a distorted drum well, there's like kids, I'm a little bit of a hater sometimes because there's like 16-year-old producers right now that yeah. are killing me, crushing me in the game. Wow. Because they've just, because that's what they started They just on. drink a bunch of lean. Yeah. They just, just leaned out. something that just sounds like death. Yeah. And they're like on every album right now, you know? Right. But sounds my like, like overly musical, you know, mind is like not making it on the album because it's too much to think about <laughs> right oh. so i think if you can tap into like that's where i think having an open mind and like being able to i don't want to say dumb it down but like f- just make some scrappy beats yeah like i don't know just like <laughs> we have to always be like getting outside of our comfort zone and like trying new things and like i think sometimes we get so caught up in like you know, overthinking things and not just letting it flow. And there's also just the the element of like not wanting to sell out too, you know? Mm. Yeah. And not wanting to be looked that way. Like I'd almost rather be more broke and keep my integrity in the music business. Mm -hmm. But at the same time, I'm the one hurting, you know, because I'm like, wait, I can't, I can make this other type of stuff too. See what I'm, what I, what I think is that, all that intellectual, yeah, all that like intellectualizing, all the thoughts of selling out or not selling out or 
was it a sample or wasn't a sample? Does it say, like all that needs to just, we have to leave all that at the door. Right. When we're making art, we can't even consider any of it. We just have to make art. No rules. So your feast or famine. Mm-hmm. It's like you don't have income unless somebody comes to you and you make a beat they want. And I've, I've learned that more recently in the past couple of years. So that's why I've been able to be a part of these other projects, like the recent Kanye one, Drake, Harlow, because I've finally um, adapted myself, you know, to this new generation. And, you know, so my you, favorite producers like DJ Premier and, you know, Dr. Dre are like um, Pete Premier, Rock and Premier's High Tech and all these like Mad Lib, Jay Dilla. You know, I wouldn't want to disappoint them. You know what I mean? But, See, but at the same time, they would be like, you're stupid, dude. If, you know, you got to leave all that yeah. at the door. I know. And so that's what I've been doing because you'll hear like a, s- a certain few of my catalog and you'll be like, oh, that's what you do. And then now you'll, you'll, there's another part of my catalog which is like, oh, you do that too. And so I've um, finally broken out of that. And so you do that too is what's getting you work right now? Yeah. I, I think that like the best artists are the ones who can – and Kanye talks about this too, like, like how childlike can you become? Mm. Like you've already learned the muscle memory. Like yeah. you already know everything you know. Yeah. But mm. can you unknow it mm. and mm-hmm. just like be a child and make art I like a that. child? Mm. You know That's what I mean? I and just stop thinking. That's where, like, I think the DMT divine, comes into place. No, yeah, or just like <laughs> divine inspiration, or just like, yeah. like I feel like some of the best shit I've ever done was when I just, um, like tried something new or different, or or went with uh, almost like it was almost chaos. Well, another producer helped me out with that too because he's like, you don't have to like completely change what you do and you what can't. you know. But, you can't. Yeah. You won't. You can't. Yeah, it's impossible. I know. I know. I've tried. And it doesn't feel good and it's sickening. And I'd rather jump off a bridge than like, you know, to change, every, you know, rearrange my whole right. philosophy of creating. But he's like, just make a hybrid, like blend the two. You yeah. Know? And now that, that what's cool is that sound is catching up where they want like yeah. something that sounds like I sampled a soul record, but with an 808 drum. And, uh, you know, a 16, no, hi, you know, um, and then blending the two so I can still have my element in there, but I just kind of veer off a little bit on the drums, how I do the drums. Did you play drums in the Handroids? Yeah. Yeah. On the MPC? Yeah. That was you. Yeah. So you were the one Mm -hmm. that plays the MPC like it's a drum set. Yeah. Yes. That's crazy. I remember seeing you guys at some point. I was one of the first people that ever had that had the MPC three thousand because my dad. I don't dad. know why, but and what was your brother doing? My brother originally was the one kind of doing that, and then right. he left, and then I was the then I took over that position. So, who would you say is better at playing the drums on the MPC? <laughs> I'm not gonna yeah, let's make it a competition. I would say we both are the illest, dude. Right, know? and I, I I just say that with confidence because I've done it since I was for 25 years now so are you doing the hi-hat with like your pinky mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and then you do the kick with yeah. your 
just every finger you know what i mean and and i've advanced like it's like i have all the toms on the pad so i have like the full kit you know but like you have like so one of pinky's your hitting that open hi-hat you know what i mean like constant yeah and then and then this on the same hand you're doing like a kick mm-hmm. and yeah, then i've and been then called the in snares. to just do drum programming you know just because it's i can make it sound like a, a real drummer you know that's so and because a drum machine there was a stigma for a long time where it's like oh a drum machine's not a you know it's not music but it's the way you treat it if you can treat it like an instrument then it's kind of cooler sometimes than a real drummer you know yeah that's what jay dilla did he revolutionized the the whole feel of even real drummers got influenced by jay dilla like quest love from the roots right his whole swing was created by jay dilla on a drum machine so um don't sleep on the drum machine no, and yeah. also the the pads are sensitive, yeah, to the touch. So you the can dynamic, like, you can like hit it harder or softer, and yeah. it will like sound harder or softer. Yeah, and you can put real drum sounds on the pads from like old records. You can yeah. like actually sample a kick from like a record some james brown and you know what i mean yeah. and so it can have that sound too yeah. and, and it could fool you if you didn't know and you just listen to the recording you'd be like oh that's a kill, you that's can a have like drummer. a you can have like a snare from like some indian record yeah just a little tabla you know? and you can have like a sound from like some japanese record and a kick drum from like a hungarian like tribe you know somewhere <laughs> yeah. where it's just like this big you weird just, kick. you just mix them all so that's fun, you know? Yeah. And I'm lucky because my dad had an MPC in his studio growing up. And when he wasn't in there, that's what I was doing, my brother and I. And my brother was the first, though. So he, he's always the dopest. He's the GOAT. <laughs> I'm not going to front. Like, he's the GOAT. Yeah. But he would probably say that, you know, because he ended up veering off. You learned. I stayed to play on the MPC. The and I'm on still it. on it. Yeah. He veered off, and he's like a multi instrumentalist and can play the bass guitar like nobody's business. But really? I stayed on that MPC and just, and am a drummer primarily. So when it comes to that, you know, maybe we should have a battle here one day. Just bring two MPCs and see. <laughs> Dude, you know? you're, you're, his brother is great. I remember we used to go into this, we went to, the, we were spending. We spent like a week at the studio with his brother. You were at he, Pulse yeah, recording. He, he did his brother did a song for Hypercrush called Bad Boys. And we would go in there and we would like watch YouTube videos for like the whole first like hour. Of like of what? Just fucking whatever. Weird dude. stuff. We were just like he was just so like chill. Yeah. Yeah. He was never and I was like, dude, like <laughs> where's the, where, are we gonna go? And him and Steve would just be like just vibing on just whatever dumb YouTube, and we would like listen to other songs, and like I remember this was, this was at the time when the Black Eyed Peas put out their album, mm. the the one that like mm -hmm. the electronic one, yeah, you know, boom boom, mm -hmm. boom, boom boom boom, <laughs> with like it had like ten number ones on it, yeah, yeah. and we were just like, this shit is like kind of wow. <laughs> At least that's what, what we production were wise, it wasn't like. The, so the songs are amazing, like brilliant songs. Like what? I mean, just to they're just catchy. I had the time of. I mean, they're just they're, yeah. they're still getting paid off those songs. But yeah. to me, like the production, like the way it sounded, was kind of cheesy. Yeah. Don't tell Will I am. I said that because I, I work with him. Um, yeah, no, he, I, mean, I love you, Will. Like you're dope as hell, dude. But uh, I got a song coming out with him recently. Just I just placed a song on his newest album. Oh, because they're going back. Yeah. Well, no, it's just him solo project. 
well oh and it's like but it's like going back to the like roots yeah yeah he's he just signed like this big deal with mercedes where he's designing cars for mercedes now he's like one of their main designers will i amg it's called and uh, he's doing like an album like drawing the yeah yeah like he's he's just a real futurist where he's like it's beyond music now he's like inventing like he makes clay models and they yeah He's 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 a co-owner of like Beats by Dre, you know what I mean? Like he he started and now he's doing cars for Mercedes and it's like this guy was just a hip hop kid from the early 90s in the ghetto, you know? But um yeah, so you guys were listening, you guys were kind of like let's outdo this Black IP stuff. Let's kind of like <laughs> Not you know even you really. have you kind of have the Fergie element and then with the the rap, you know, it's kind of the same structure as Black IP. We we bit. were just like listening to yeah. shit and like he, he I, I god i wish i could i wish i could hear the the other beat he did because he did this other beat that was crazy i'll that hit him never up used i mean i'm sure i have it somewhere i forget what it was but he called. gave it to you to use or did he no uh, we didn't use it we only used the bad boys one which was kind of like a spin off of like that bad bad boys come with, with me, me. Oh, come with me yeah that's our song is bad bad yeah. boys come it's like Sick. that was the hook oh that's tight but we redid the it's like not really even the same song but i think we did have to pay for something mm-hmm. but um how much did Ollie get paid? No, I don't want to ask you that. Um, I don't. No, I no. can't. I really. Did can't you guys remember. have like a budget? Like, did your label like? Throw I mean, off? I'm sure it was like at least ten, ten, yeah, to fifteen. That's, or yeah, something. that's standard. Yeah, for a bigger. But we thing. worked with Danger Hands. Oh yeah, Mike Alizondo. Big fan of both of them. Um, I knew you knew, knew would know of them. Danger we, Hands did a lot of stuff for Timbaland. He yeah. was like responsible for all that I Fergie know. stuff. Yeah, I mean, no, Nelly Furtado. Yeah, he was crazy. He was like the one, like his secret side weapon. And then, yeah. And, and then, then Mike Elizondo was like Dr. The, Dre's main bassist. Yeah, he did in the club. He then, did in the club then, by 50 Cent. And then he did Avenged Sevenfold. Yeah. And then we were in the studio with uh, Red One. Sick. And um, Tony Canal, the mm. bass player of No Doubt. Yeah. With, uh, with, he, was with, he was working with Jimmy jimmy harry mm-hmm. and they produced they did a full the production for you. together with us i mean bro we were like it was like on the music video seemed like that you guys put some money in yeah, that yeah everything too. was like on the level and we yeah. were in with all the we the, the problem is is we, i don't think we needed to be with those producers yeah because like we were already making the music who's like vision was it originally where did that inception come from like who it, who had that first me, idea? Me and Steve yeah. always were, we were just like to get, we were always doing it all together. Like I remember when we, when we went from the Bel Airs to Hypercrush and um, I was like, it should be like hyper or something. Nice. And he was like crush. Sick. So like we, that, that really sums up like the collaborative it really was. That's one of the illest names, like for a group, to be yeah, honest. And it, it reminds really, me of hypercolor sweaters. Remember yeah. those, where you can breathe yeah, on it. That was the idea. And change the color, and then crush groove. Crush groove. Yeah. The, the, the exactly. graffiti movie. Yeah. So, but then, like, like even the colors, like where, who was the one who was like, we need to be like neoned out and like, because that's what I love was the image. <clears throat> I mean, we we were all just 
Even like who like designed the lo- like the letters, the original Hyper Crush letters. We did, did it somebody? together. Like I had this, I had these like pants um, that were like splatter paint, mm. like Joey Budafuco pants that so I would wear. We went to school with his daughter. I think she was in AE right. Right. Yeah. Um, yeah. Jessica it's, it's hard to Shout remember out. exactly. Cause we were really into like Nintendo and like, yeah. um, the power glove. And yeah. Like that's what I was feeling. Neon colors and those glasses with like the opening lines in it. But stuff. I'm pretty sure that it's, I'm pretty sure like the, it, it started with like, I was like explaining to him or we were talking about how like we should emulate like what, the outsiders was mm, right the outsiders yeah. the movie, movie. and yeah. how that was like a cool time mm. and greasers and socias and like that we should sort of be like that and we Sick. should have names that that felt like that time Sick. and then there was this other group called the bel airs and it just kind of slowly like morphed into kind of like a more colorful retro thing how did angie fit in there like when was that moment where you're like we need a chick we 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 just wanted a girl we just wanted someone who could sing hooks and um and now now they're married right yeah Yeah. with a kid with a kid but we we tried different girls and she was kind of like you know tim's girlfriend at at the the time. time and um but she's like dope though like she had like the swagger she has a good tone too. Like I loved her. You know what I mean? Like she wasn't just like, let's just fit in a girl. Like she really worked. Yeah. She, we, she, she, she was more of like a performer mm. and like, she had more of like the vibe. Mm. Um, she, she wasn't like, you know, crazy vocalist. Right. So there was like some work mm. in the studio yeah getting to guide her where it needed to be but like there was nobody who had like more of like more swag and style yeah she's she's a beautiful hot girl too yeah she just had like a she was like a so much swag yeah she was like a star when she got on stage and like she was so dope with the fans so no wonder you guys blew up though because the whole vibe was there but we didn't but you didn't get to that. That's the crazy I mean, part is, yeah. is we just didn't because you were blowing up though on your way because to, because I think that they've started putting us, we, we got into the, like the system of like Sylvia Rohn and we need a hit hmm. <clears throat> and like, you know, we, we got new management and hmm. then it, where it really kind of fell apart, it was really hard to recover from like Troy Carter, hmm. Lady Gaga's hmm. manager, like dropping us. Hmm. Cause he said he was down. So we left our management to go with him. And then all of a sudden he just wasn't down. And like you said, you were kind of doing things when Lady Gaga was kind of up and coming. She wasn't even like really known yet. We we were doing shit before her, but like when he joined, when he started managing us, she was like popping hard and she didn't want him to manage us. So he, dropped us she was doing that can't read my can't read my no you can't before that before that 
Yeah, it was right before that. I can't sing, obviously. I'm good at other things, though. <laughs> yeah. And then when, when he dropped us, it was, like, devastating. Yeah. Ange was crying. We were in fucking Germany. Mm. And he was just like, I can't manage you guys anymore. And it was like, we, we, we came back and ended up with a collective. But they didn't really, like... They were like this big, they sold us on it, and we went mm. with them instead of Patrick Moxie, mm. who owns Ultra. And we probably should have went with Patrick Moxie because he understood electronic music much mm. more than the collective did. So we ended up going with the collective, and they just didn't, we weren't like a priority for them. And we were signed. So it was like we weren't going to just be putting out music. Mm. Like they had to like approve the music and we couldn't get the single, we couldn't get the album. So we started doing remixes and the remixes were like popping mm -hmm. and we started doing mixtapes and we started putting shit out, but it like the machine just didn't like activate mm. behind us. And then when they left, I think that we could have like made it had we stuck it out for longer. Right. But we didn't have like a lot of gas left in the tank. Right. And Steve was dealing with some like anxiety stuff mm. and um it just became harder and harder to like find the the motivation to like get in the studio and like put albums out and This was kind of your and this was also like your first few years in sobriety when you're going through all that, right? Kind of? Um yeah, I started the group sober. What year did you get sober? Oh five. Oh five. And when did the group start? Like oh seven. Oh seven. Six, seven. That's crazy though. Yeah. And then we just did our thing for like ten years. Yeah. And then it was just like, all right, dude. I think if we would have kept going, we we could have like evolved and, and kept touring and so that must have been a crushing blow for you, like when everything stopped, because you're, you're coming into that, you kind of maybe found like a new high, you got attached to that. <laughs> yeah. I think that's where Pat learned some humility. Yeah. It didn't even way. just stop, though. It just like slowed down. Yeah. It just, it, it slowed down like at like such a slow pace, and it was just like... Did it cause friction between you, any you and any of the other members? Like, yeah, a little bit. Did you, was we, there any blaming? Like uh, if you, we dealt with it really, really well. Good, because I had the program, and um, I think that like I acted out of ego in in the beginning. Um, you know, like pushing the label and like in early sobriety, just like <clears throat> wanting shit, wanting to rush things or just like being like pushy with like label and management. And I think that they were like forgiving, but I mean, they kind of, we kind of needed someone in the group to like do that. Mm. And that was like me. Um, and then they got together and that was kind of hard to navigate for me because the, the dynamic changed. And then right right around that time, it's slowing down. Is that when you kind of started your production with film and so yeah. the, the film yeah. company? Yeah. And so like, you didn't let it stop you. You kind of were just like, I got to figure out to something that's going to kind of match this eventually. Yeah. Because it's just, hard to be like, you, you get that taste of fame. Yeah. But then I started like making music videos for other artists, but I was really trying to like make the production company like the stars i wanted us to be like it's like i wanted us to be like a vlog squad yeah 
that made content, but mm. we were like the jack. We, I wanted us to be like the jackass mm-hmm. of like production companies. Right. So we did this like reality show while we were filming Complex Con, and you were kind of first doing weddings or something, right? Yeah. Like, kind of started, kind of. And smart. we like made shirts like shooting your daughter's wedding with like a girl screaming on the front. Like I wanted us to <laughs> so, be like dope. Right. You know what I mean? I wanted us to be like a company that people could like follow. Right. And like be fans of the individual characters. Mm. But that was hard because we'd be on set Hmm. filming something and I would be only caring about like filming us. Right. Like, because I approached making content for other people like I was the star. Hmm. Like, we were the stars. Right. Yes. Like we were cooler yeah. than the people that we were filming the music video for. Right. So the humility didn't quite kick in and yet. Tim, Tim would be like, bro, like you posted that before we even finished the video for the company. Mm. And you're now posting like the drama behind the scenes. And I don't know if you were following me back then, but I would post like me and Tim like arguing in the studio. No. It was like a reality show. Right. You know? I think I did actually. I think that was pretty fun. Yeah. Cause I've always, I never, I don't, I'm not interested in making art for you. I just, I'm not, <laughs> I'm trying to do what I, which led to this. And right. now we can finally do it. Now we can finally have like, hmm. you know, we can be like the content house. Hmm. Well, that's, that's, that's kind of where I was getting to is just kind of that journey, how one thing leads to another yeah. and how I've seen in other people's lives, like where their real success kicks in, where they think it's going to happen in one place right. when their music's popping. And, but it, it, it happens in the way you don't really expect it. Right. You know, this is like a really weird turn of events, but like yeah. the people in the house are characters and some of them like want to be more so than others. And, you know, what I'm doing is like a thing and the, the brand and it's like just the beginning and right. Um, yeah, it's good to be back doing a podcast and, and we, 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 we're going to start doing this more often. Hell yeah. But, um, we, we got, we're running out of time here. We went in. How, how long has it been? Two and a half. Oh, nice. Yeah. Nice. I can't really go longer than that, nah. but, um, Dude, it yeah. was awesome. Thanks for coming. If Eddie Bravo was in this chair, it would be like another 30 minutes. For sure. <laughs> you know. But yeah, We're we, we all of our best guests, DDA, Sam, uh, Johnny, they've all been on like a handful of times. Same. So we'll do it again cool. for sure. Yeah, save the you best know what? Jason wants time. to come back too. Yeah, we should do one with you and Jay. Oh yeah, Evacon. All right, later guys.